Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Are You Talking REM Re Me? And we are proud to say that we are sponsored by Squarespace today. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Make it a reality with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website. You can showcase your work. You can showcase your blog. You can publish content. You can even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. With 24-7 award-winning customer support, you can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Head to squarespace.com REM for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code REM to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Chronic to Collapse, Town and Into Now, respectively, that is. This is Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. This is good rock and roll music. For me and you and you and you and you. And you and you. But and first you, of all, you, Adam, you. Hello, he made sure to stake his claim right off the bat. My friends, hello there. R.E.M. fans, hey! Welcome back! It's been a bit of time, has it not, since I have seen you. Three uh, years. Three years have passed. A lot of people don't know we were recording these um, three years ago. That's why we were so happy all the time. Obama was president. Yeah, 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 yeah. And things have really gotten dire. It's crazy. Things have changed quite a bit. Things have definitely changed. So I don't know if that's going to affect our mood at all. Yeah. But I want to be, you know, a little uh, happy and upbeat here. My personal style has shifted a little mm-hmm. bit. I know, so you're sort of the professor today. You're wearing spectacles yeah, that's right. and a cardigan, and you look like you kind of just got up and you're in your pajamas, and you're like, oh, let me grab the oh, Sunday paper. What's going on in the what, news? What is this? Uh, you need like a cup of coffee? Where are my students? I <laughs> Students, it's Sunday. Papers. Professor? Oh, I'm grading papers. <laughs> you grade so papers with your students right. there? Why don't I know how to put on these? <laughs> By the way, Adam is doing excellent space work yeah. right now. <laughs> Glasses fits. <laughs> is this an episode of Glasses I think fits? it might be. Go get yourself some cheap sunglasses. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Glasses Bits. This is Scott. And this is Scott. We're just talking about bits we can do with our glasses. Let me grab mine here. Yeah, let's see let, what you got. Let's okay, yeah. Let me put these bad boys on. No, they won't, uh, they won't stay on. They no. won't stay on. That's Those things are supposed to go behind your ears. That's how they stay on. These are supposed to go behind my ears? Yeah. All right, here we go. No, not that way, silly. Because <laughs> then you need your nose to hold it up. Two great glasses bits. See you next time. Bye. Go get yourself some cheap sunglasses. Good app. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. Right off the bat. Swinging. Yeah. Ep one. They just, they take no prisoners. They pull no punches. Episode, our first episode of this three-year period Mm -hmm. is going well. This is going really well. Uh, By the way, I do want to uh, introduce you. He is the professor to my skipper. Marianne. 
<laughs> you think I'm Marianne? Yeah, maybe. Just very attractive. Do you ever person. take those? You ever take? Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. Do you ever take those quizzes? Those online quizzes, yeah. like what? Yeah, yeah, Friends yeah, yeah. character All would you be? T- oh man, I can't. What get Harry Potter? Things. You know, I, do, I like doing the Parks and Rec ones. <laughs> yeah, who do you end up being? I I, I, just I honestly in your in chaotically your, in your personal life. Yeah, like I know you played uh, what was his name? Ben Wyatt. Ben Wyatt, yes, that's right. I know you played, and you're nothing like him in your regular life, as far as I can tell. No, no, no. Just from, and and look, I'm not saying that I know you uh, as well as, you know, your loved ones do, because certainly they see the the mask drop uh, the minute you walk through the door, I'm sure. They see me get home and take off my second skin and put on my first. (laughs) And I'm sure they just see the mask of civility just go away, and Mm -hmm. it's like... And they sigh, and they're like, ah, "Daddy's home." Yep. And just shit gets dark when oh, you yeah. when you cross the threshold. But so I'm not saying I know you as well as that. Sure. But but um, I do I do think that you are not really a Ben Wyatt. Let me uh, oh, list the characters on that show, and I'll see who who well, you would be. Uh, there's Ben Wyatt. Mm-hmm. There's April Ludgate. Mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is Aubrey's character. She's too laid back. She's even more laid back than Ben Wyatt. I know sure. Ben Wyatt is like high strung in certain ways. Uh-huh. And you're high strung in those ways, but I think you're almost an Amy. I feel like you're almost a Leslie Nope. Yeah, you're almost a Leslie Nope when it comes to like your obsessiveness about things. Sure. Okay, so you're Leslie mixed with uh, April Ludgate. Is that what you say? No, no, you're Leslie Nope. I yeah. S- it would mix. Why do you keep saying you're April? L- <laughs> I don't know. That's the only other character we've mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're like Leslie Nope. Yeah. In terms of like anal. High strung type A personality mixed with like, was there ever a character on the show who's like just like a Super real piece stupid. of shit, just like a janitor? Oh, who, uh, are you saying janitors are pieces of shit? Yeah. Um, well, they clean them. Maybe you are uh, what you clean. Maybe Jean Ralphio, maybe Ben's character. No, he's too cool. Ah, I, I'm thinking like someone okay. who just like came in like an extra who had one line who's just like, and everyone was like, oh God, I hate that guy. Oh, maybe. Uh, Maybe uh, who's a real piece of shit on the show? Let's just say there was a piece of shit sure. on the show, like a literal piece of shit. Like, yeah. like say Aziz maybe one day was like, "Oh, this will be a funny." Where does turd come from? Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's a me. cross between that and the irritating parts of Leslie Nope. Okay, I'll take it. That's great. <laughs> Love it. Has that ever come up in a quiz? Yeah, that's usually what I get. <laughs> <laughs> You're the turd in season four, episode seventeen. Um, you, I do want to introduce you. Still, of course, yeah. you know him from the aforementioned Parks and Rec, and he has uh, he's out there uh, hitting the pavement, out there trying to get the word out about uh, Big Little Lies. Hey, everybody, it's me, Adam Scott. Is here. Thank you. Very Hello. Much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And. Uh, how about we have you introduce you as well? There, sure. Scott? Um, well, let me see. I was born in Savannah, Georgia. Um, I uh, you were not born in Savannah. I was indeed. Really? I believe that's come up on this show. I was huh. born in Georgia. That's why this R E R E something R E M M is so important to me. Is because I'm a Southern boy. And mm. mm-hmm. have you been to Athens? I have. We've oh, yeah. talked, we about, talked about, that about that on a previous yeah, yeah. episode. Thanks at for listening. Length, at length. At not only to the episodes when they're released, but our conversations. <laughs> oh, oh, the glasses uh, bit. I, I, I can't see I think it's anything. another episode of glasses bit. Go uh. get yourself some cheap sunglasses. Hey, everyone. Welcome to glasses bit. Hey. This I, is Scott. And this is Scott. I can't see He's, he's in the middle of a glasses I bit. I can't see. I just oh, had to turn on the better. recorder. That is better. Oh, wait oh. a second. 
Great. Uh, oh, cross-eyed. Uh, Uh-oh. Uh, 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 this uh, whole room, it's spinning. Two great glasses, bits. We'll see you next time. Bye. Go get yourself some cheap sunglasses. Good, 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 good. Um, Cut to, okay, hard cut to, I was born in Savannah, Georgia. Hard cut to, I'm sitting in this room, Scott Ackerman. Hello. Welcome to the show, Scott. That's a hard cut, too. Oh, yeah, that's a... That's a good, what, 45 years? <laughs> At least. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's not even like one of those easy rider cuts, uh, you know, where it's like flashes forward and then back and then toggles backwards. Easy rider? You know, have you not heard of easy rider? No, I, I know easy rider, Scott. Hold on. Is this an episode of I Love Film? Yes. Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Film. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're talking about film. We're talking about one film in particular. The easiest of writers. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. Easy Writer, directed by Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper, 1969. Incredible, dare I say, revolutionary film, Scott. They made it uh, on a shoestring budget, and it was the number three film of that year. It's the first independent film, as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, it's the last. (laughs) Because (laughs) everything after that was just... Everything after uh, uh, Easy Writer and everything before Easy Writer was bullshit. Yeah, everything. It's like a... it's, It's like an Easy Rider sandwich, you know, with loaves of bullshit around it. Yeah, just two big pieces of bullshit with a delicious, (laughs) wonderful film in between. Just like, can you imagine just like, okay, bottom layer, just bulls come over and just big piles piles of shit. shit. Then you lay a Blu-ray of Easy Rider on top of it. Just a thick piece of truth. mm -hmm, And then on top of that, bulls come over and just they're balls rubbing the in the and they don't care about the cleanliness of their balls it's disgusting that's the history of the world that is everything before and after the beautiful film known to us to you and I Mm -hmm. as Easy Easy Rider Rider. and we're talking about the uh, transition cuts the edits Mm-hmm. Where sometimes it'll go, you'll see the next scene, and then it'll flash back to the previous scene, then like toggle back and forth very quickly, and then go to the next scene. I may have said revolutionary earlier. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. A lot like uh, one of my favorite wars. Yes. Mm-hmm. The revolution. The revolutionary yeah. war, of course. All right. Well, I think we've covered everything in film other, history. Any other films? Uh, no, everything else that are relevant. Sucks. I didn't think so. Goodbye. Yep. Goodbye. Good app. Yeah. I think that, I don't know if we ever need to do another. uh, I think we're putting that one to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I Love Films fans. Goodbye. At least the I Love, I Love Films fans will. Yeah, they'll have something. They'll have something to talk about. And, you know. Um, Why were we talking about Easy Rider? Oh, uh, the the big jump cut in your life to this Oh, yes, yes, yes. Here I am. Um, so tell me, tell me, Adam, yeah. before we get to, uh, of course, we're talking about the band Harriam. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be talking about the uh, album New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi. We'll be talking about that uh, coming up, and we're going to get really into it. But, uh, Adam, I want to hear about your life. I haven't seen you in three years so uh, what's uh, what's happening wow yeah it's uh wow three years let's see what have i been doing mm-hmm. uh, not much how about you oh nothing okay cool well it's great catching up yeah 
You ever catch up with old friends, mm-hmm. like from college or something, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, let's get together. And then approximately 20 minutes in, you've run out of stuff to talk about. Yes. <laughs> How often? Every night? <laughs> Whenever I get together with friends. No, how, no, no, no. How, how, that's, how, that's not true. What is the most, what's the cutoff for you of like someone who's an old friend that you don't have a lot to talk about with and someone who's a current friend that you could just like hang out for a couple hours with? You know, I, I feel like that. Taking off the sweater, by the taking way. Taking it off, a little warm. Showing a little bit of the hot bod. Yeah, showing some skin. Uh-huh. Little, uh, little dad bod action. Uh, <laughs> I feel like. That used to be the case, but genuinely with, you know, as time goes on, you actually do have more and more to talk about. As, oh, because your life uh, deepens. As the years ma- march on. Yeah. Because you have stuff in common like, how's your baby? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how's your baby? <laughs> Is this an episode of How's Your Baby? I believe so. Baby, hold on to me. Hey, everyone. Welcome to How's Your Baby. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're just... Uh, Taking calls, wondering how your baby is. So yeah, uh, I think I see we got a call here from Rochester, New York. Okay, let's take it. Hello, Rochester. Hi. Uh, hey, uh, Rochester. Is this is sorry? Is your name Rochester? Are you calling from Rochester? It's my nickname. Oh, and what is your uh, your actual name? Rod Chester. Oh, Rod Chester. Peterson. I get it. And where are you calling from? I'm calling from Rochester. Okay. It's the house. My house. All right. Okay. Uh, so, Rod Chester you seem like uh, you've, in Rochester. Patience with me. No, it's, it's it's fine. Rochester. I'm a big fan of the show. Can I get out my question, Rochester? You've this asked is... me two already. Good lord. How's your baby? My baby. Name of the show, Rochester. How's your baby? How's your baby? Uh, sorry, big fan of the show. Uh-huh. I listen to it all the time. I guess Thank I should have expected this. Uh, but I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really like, put it into context okay. yet. But uh, right. Do you have a baby? Yeah, I have, of course I have a baby. Okay. I wouldn't be calling it a show if I didn't have a baby. Okay. Let me go. Can I check a, do you mind if I check out my baby? That's exactly what I was going to ask you to okay, do. I'm going to put the uh, – I'm going I'm to keep talking on the phone yeah, while I walk in. bring it with you. Are those your feet making that those noise? Are my little tiny feet. Okay. My little tiny, tiny, tiny feet. I only have two toes on each feet. Wow. Yeah, I cut the others off. You must off. have a severe limp. You cut them off yourself. I cut them off, yeah. And why would you do something like I that? I want to make toast soup. You wanted to make toast soup. Yeah. And so you cut and off. And it's illegal to cut off other people's toes. toes. Yes, it sure is illegal to cut off other so people's I, so toes. So I was like, oh, I got no other recourse. Okay. Rochester, I have one question Rod for you. Rod Chester. Rod Chester. My nickname is Rochester. I assume you were calling me by my Christian name. I was calling you by your nickname. Oh, sorry. How many toes does your baby have, Rochester? Oh, I've never looked. You want me to look? You want if me to check on my baby? If you could. What do you want me to see? How my baby is or how many toes are? Because well, I, I can only do one. one would lead directly into the other. One thing leads to another. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. I'm going to look down. I've been looking uh, parallel. I'm going to look down into the crib, okay? Yeah. Look down into that crib. Okay, I'm tilting my my chin down at a you know a 45 degree angle, okay? Lift up that blanket and tell me how many toes you got. Okay. Let's see. One. Oh, boy. I hope there's more. That's it. One toe. I'm not finished. Let okay. me finish. Okay. Now I'm finished. One toe. One toe between for, for, on both feet. Both yeah, half feet. a toe on on each foot. Half a toe on each foot. That's a total yeah. of one Cut toe. Cut lengthwise. I'm gonna just 
I'm going to say right now your baby is not doing well. Uh, let me check. Oh, no! Oh, my beautiful baby! What's wrong with it? My beautiful baby! Oh, no! Oh. It's smiling! Wh- it's happy! That's great! Ah! That's great! See, ah! you scared me there for a second. Oh, oh! I see. you got to understand, my baby's never smiled before. I would imagine not. I would imagine not. Oh, this is a beautiful day. I want to thank you very much. No. Baba Booey. Rochester. Oh, boy. <laughs> Baba Booey. Okay, all right. How is Sturge Peters? Oh, God, that guy was... <laughs> I feel terrible for this baby. I don't know. Or is that just a big stern prank? Might be a genetic condition, too. Yeah. You know, we're all born with our challenges in life. But one toe between both of your feet? I don't know. Who's that dude? Who's the dude Pistorius? He had no toes, right? He, he well, made something out of himself. No. No. no Who no, am I no, thinking no. of? He's, he did a terrible thing. <laughs> terrible. One terrible thing and then a bunch of great things okay, when he one, did those races? One terrible thing that ended up kind of mm-hmm. eclipsing all other terrible mm-hmm. things. All right. That's all for this episode of How's Your Baby? Bye. Bye. All right, Adam, I want to get to New Adventures in Hi-Fi. I the do. epic New yeah. Adventures in Hi-Fi. But before we do that, we have some listener mail. You ready for this? Yes. That's the sound of me opening up the, no, well, the actual letter. Oh. I, I pre-opened up the mailbag. Oh. I took care of that early, early this morning. I got up around 6 a.m. I was like, Adam's going to want, uh, he's not going to want to sit around while I'm I open gonna up want the mailbag. He's going to want it open and ready to go. So I took care of it. Don't worry. Thank you. Um... Here we go. This is int- uh, I hope you'll enjoy this as much as I have. Um, this is from Eric, a.k.a. Son of Ghost Dad. Um, I've seen him on uh, Twitter or something before. Okay. Um, he writes us a nice letter about uh, create. Uh, thank you so much for creating Are You Talking to Emery Me? The meeting of my favorite band and my favorite podcast team is a dream come true. Very nice. That's nice. And uh, he includes two CDs uh, saying perhaps we've heard these recordings before. But in case not, they are his favorite early REM bootlegs. Two discs, early live material and early demos. Uh, The demos are mostly pulled from the bootleg chronic murmurings, plus some tracks that surfaced in 2011. The live tracks showcase the early evolution of the band and highlight many songs lost to time. And then he has a uh, long description of both of the things. And the reason I I wanted to read this is because – this is illegal, obviously. He's mm-hmm. sending us uh, copyrighted. Yeah, here you go. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we want to alert the authorities to this. Yeah, um, we got to call the cops on this guy. Yeah. I hate to be a fucking narc, but this dude. He's leaving us no choice, really. You know, I mean, he's just like flaunting it, you know? He's just sending us shit. Um, I, I listen to these, they're great. And uh, these are great. Yes, so I these want to cool. uh, pass those on to you in case I know you don't have a computer with which to download these. But oh, uh, I have a computer. I just don't have a computer with a, a disk drive on it. So maybe you can uh, send me a. <laughs> well, you okay? First of all, email attachments. I can only send maybe two songs at a time. There's 24 on each disk. You want me to send you 24 no, emails? Just put it in a, a zip drive. Yeah. I don't know. How to do uh, that. Okay. Um. Uh. You know what I do want is a. I would love a bootleg knuckle of, sandwich of a uh, March kind of beginning-ish the March uh, for, show uh, from the uh, Green Tour up in uh, San Francisco or Oakland. The Oakland show from, is that uh, where you you went to it? Yeah, and it was an incredible. Do you want to hear yourself screaming? Yep. I love you. Do you want to kiss me? Because I remember they played that song. Uh, 
how does it feel to be in REM? It feels good. And I just, that was a particularly good version. This is really nice. So thank That's you. That's great. Thank you Eric. so much. I have put it in my computer already. And I listened to a lot of the, uh, because we were talking, I think, on the first episode, the Chronic Town episode about like, oh, wow, why haven't they released these demos or whatever? So I uh, listened to a bunch of those. It's great. Um, I haven't listened to the live stuff yet, but thank you to Son of Ghost Dad, a.k.a. Eric, for that. Uh, and then... Um, one other package we received from Dan Fod- Fonder, Fonder, I believe, or Founder, something like that, um, spelled weird. Uh, he blah, 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 sent us some stuff. I won't read the letter, but uh, he, uh, do you want to see what he sent? He sent a videotape of REM. This film is on. Oh, yeah. I presume you've seen this. Yeah. Uh, and he adjusted it so it says REM on the back. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh, man. I used to just watch this over and over again. Mm-hmm. He also sent uh, you two the Unforgettable Fire collection. Oh. Uh, which I believe I had when I was young. And he sent us, uh, to my mind, something that eclipses both of these far better. The VHS Citizen Kane. Oh of my Citizen God. Kane, yes. What an incredible film. What a package. What a package. Thank you, Dan. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Oh, what a nice guy. <laughs> hey, uh, how is this demo version of Ages of You, this Chronic Town outtake? Was that awesome? Do you, you don't have a uh, you don't have a disc drive in there, do you? Probably not. Uh yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'll send you anything you want. I will. Try to figure out the whole zip uh, zip drive uh, aspect of it. Um, okay. I will try to do that for you. I think you'll like it. Um, I'm surprised that you haven't tracked any of this stuff down, quite frankly. I probably ha- have heard it. Okay, I just, okay. No th- need th- to get defensive. Like, particular... you're the biggest REM fan in the world. Don't worry. You're Stop king it. dipshit Stop of it. fuck Stop Mountain over here. Stop it. <laughs> um... So you are out there. You want it. You want the Oakland show from early on in the Green Tour. So if anyone has yes. recorded that, Oakland Coliseum, mm-hmm. Doobie Brother style with a just tape recorder in a trench coat. Anyone has that Doobie out Brothers. there? You ever see that? What's happening episode? No. You you, you never he watched went what's happening? Uh, well, yeah. Well, the Doobie Brothers I think played at the local uh, uh, okay. place and rerun got involved in some shady characters who wanted him to put a tape record, uh-huh. who wanted him to home tape it, and so he put it into his uh, trench coat, long trench coat, like big eight track. Yeah, yeah, we were like giant tape recorder. But he and he was just sitting there, very paranoid. Yeah. And then the music moved him so much he had to get up and do the rerun oh, dance, sure. and it just fell out onto oh, the floor. And then the Doobie Brothers had to uh, take him to task for that. What song did the Doobie Brothers play in that episode? It was probably like, We're the Doobie Brothers. We love playing Doobie Brother music. It feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear that again, by the yeah, way? It's oh, so I, funny. Okay, I'll look at you here. You talk for a minute while I look for it. Um. Man, this is the worst part of any episode when I ask you to take the lead on something. <laughs> what did you ask me to take the lead on? I said, like, you talk for a second while I find oh, this. And you went, oh, hey, listen, uh, I have plenty to say. Okay, go. What do you got? Um, this video, this film is on. I remember getting my wisdom teeth out in 1991 when I was home f- for, from school for, like, Thanksgiving or something. Mm-hmm. And watching this over and over again because I think someone gave it to me. Because I couldn't afford. Oops, sorry about that. 
Because this is like 30 bucks back in 1991. Yeah, video remember, t- remember how vi- how expensive VHS copies crazy. were? At the, remember how they would price them for the rental market and yeah. then they would price them for sale? So if rental like, market would be $129.99. Uh, yes, it would be insane. I remember like waiting for Reservoir Dogs to come out because I really wanted to watch yeah. it over and over again. And when it finally came out in stores, it was like it was like $79 yeah. because they, they sell it to a store that then hopes to make that back in rental sales. Right. And then after a window of time, they would then price it down for anyone who wanted to own it. But and even then it was like twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I remember these, they would go straight to like Tower Records or whatever, mm-hmm. but they were like 30 bucks for this yeah, shit. Yeah, for this piece of shit. It's a fucking VHS cassette with six... Uh, ten kind of, songs on it. Ten it, music videos. It kind of depresses you, like thirty ev- bucks. Everything that you value in life is eventually going to be meaningless. Oh, just yesterday I was at fucking at a grocery store and I saw mm-hmm. the Last Jedi is already like in the you know like ten buck. The Blu-ray is like ten bucks at well, the that's checkout. Because, that's because it just came out and they're pricing. They're going to sell so much of those. It's, it's also lost like leaders. Everything that people are excited about. Yeah, it all ends up. At it the, all ends up just being trash. Grocery store. Anyway. Uh, other than this uh, podcast. Yes. Yeah. This is classic. Okay, here we go. This is How Does It Feel When You're in R.E.M. Parentheses. Good. End parentheses. This is a song that means a huge amount to me because I wrote it when I came out of a very bad, a very dark period. <laughs> How does it feel when you're in R.E.M.? How does it feel when you're in R.E.M.? The breakdown. <laughs> the breakdown, like and 20 the, seconds. And then the bass coming in. And then the bring. <laughs> How does it feel? I wonder where they got this yeah. instrumentation. I think the guy made it. The guy was just dicking around, I think. It sounds amazing. My favorite part's coming up. I like that, where you're like, I'm fucking stoked. That's pretty great. Uh, Thank you again. Who made that? Can't, uh, we talked about him last time. Always uh, makes me laugh. Always makes me smile. It's good. You know what? It's good to have a, a, a nice chuckle every once in a while. You know, it's every once in a while when your belly hurts. Oops. Sorry, my phone is still playing something. I am going to get rid of that. Yeah, every once in a while when your belly sort of... Uh, Hurts, you know, like in yeah. the morning, you wake up sure. and you're like, what's wrong with my belly? Yeah. Um, it's good just to laugh. Laugh and everything feels better. You know that they've proven scientifically that laughter cures any disease. Any disease. Yeah. yeah every single one. That's why clowns go to hospitals. <laughs> Not as patients. We should. No, no, no. We no. Should, we, let's be very clear about this. That's why clowns hang out at hospitals. <laughs> yes, they love. Well, first of all, they just love it there. Uninvited. <laughs> If you went to a hospital, yeah, and everyone there was a clown, yeah, other than you, every patient, like you just walked in, you're like, oh man, I'm feeling a pain in my heart, yeah, and every single person who worked there was a clown, and then you looked around and every patient was a clown, yeah, what would you think was happening? I would think I was in the wrong place. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's it. You wouldn't want your mind wouldn't start to wonder like, is this clown day or something that like I all the surgeons? Yeah, like every single surgeon is a clown. Every single person who works there, everyone in the waiting room waiting to be seen. Yeah, everyone is a clown, but you. The ambulance like a mess drivers. Yeah, a messenger, a UPS guy comes and is a clown. What would you like? What? What? Literally, what would you? You'd be figuring it out, like right? Wouldn't you be like getting oh, on no, your no. phone, like looking up clown day today? I'd be fine with. I like. I'd be like, huh, that's kind of weird. But then I'd just sit down and be like, let's do it and <laughs> schedule a surgery. What if then you got out of the surgery? Yeah, and you looked in the mirror and you said, "Get me a mirror," and you you got the mirror and yeah. and they all they had done was attach a red nose to your hair. And put to my cl- hair to you. I guess what I mean is your nostril hair, your nose. Uh, yeah, nostril hair, <laughs> uh, red nose, just Tattoo. attached to the hair, to so the it's hair. dangling yes. from my nose. <laughs> what if it was just that? And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I went in there, in there to get my appendix out. <laughs> right. All they did was attach a red nose to your nostril hair, so it was dangling. Yeah. And like, then, what would you think? And then give me an invoice for, like, $12,000. <laughs> I mean, you'd bring it up, right? You'd probably ask why. I, I feel like I would have to say something. <laughs> All right. Speaking of having to say something, we have to go to a break. But um, when we come back, we are going to go into new adventures in hi-fi. This is very exciting. You're going to want to hear what we have to say about this. This is Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy. We'll be right back. All right, let's talk about it. You heard me talk about it a little bit before the show, but let's get into it. Let's let's do a deep dive on Squarespace. Squarespace, I've been talking about them for several years. We're, uh, quite frankly, at my house, we're a Squarespace family. That's where we go for our website needs. We have several websites. Um, some of them we don't even uh, want you to know about. They're just out there on the dark web. But uh, we we enjoy – Cool Up and I, we enjoy creating websites. It's fun for us. It's – I don't know. Some people, you know, they like to have fun. They, they, they have hobbies. They like to watch sports. They like to play sports. They like to listen to sports. But we, we like to create websites, and we do it exclusively with Squarespace. So thanks to them – Squarespace, think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. That's what they say about Squarespace. And it's nice. It's fun. It's lighthearted. We love it. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea, if you have any idea, just turn it into a new and unique website. It's that easy. Squarespace does it. Okay, and I know what you're saying. Yeah, sure. I'll put my idea up on the web, but it won't be, it won't look like what I want it to look like. Shut up. Shut, shut up. Stop talking. You're making a fool of yourself. No, you can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products. And then you continued to talk, even though I didn't give you permission. You said it's not optimized for mobile. Yes, it's optimized for mobile right out of the box with built-in search engine optimization. Don't worry about that. Go ahead. Feel free. Showcase your work 
put up a blog, uh, publish content, announce a special project, make a whole website just to announce something. That, like, how, <laughs> how, how wasteful would that be? Just to make a whole, like, a, like I, I don't know. I don't know what web page, like, what's the bandwidth on one web page? I don't know. But if you just want to announce something, who cares? Just do it. Squarespace. It's amazing. You can sell products and services of all kinds. And uh, it just takes a few clicks. That's all it is. Click, 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 boom, you're done. And then, this is the good part. You use Squarespace's analytics it can help you grow in real time. Dun 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 Real time, baby. Nothing to install, patch, upgrade ever. Although if you have a question, go ahead. Squarespace is award-winning 24-7 customer support. It's there to help. So keep dreaming. That's okay. But make it a reality with a website from Squarespace. Head over to squarespace.com slash REM for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch, use the offer code REM to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash REM. Offer code, what else? REM. Come on, Adam, dance. Three, four, five, six, one, two, seven, three. eight. No, nine, one, two, ten, three. If you're going to do the waltz, you have to count it out. Okay. Ready? And one, two, three, one, two, three. Step with me. One, two, one, two, three, one, two. They're very good. You're doing it. I Ow. love it. I love it. I stepped love it. on my foot. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry. Oh, welcome back. Um, Sorry. Adam and I are in the middle of dance rehearsals. He's got a big um, ball. Um, Testicle, I mean. And um, and he's going to a party tonight where he has to um, dance, and he wanted me to teach him the waltz. And he, so far, is yeah, an exceptional for, student. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, it's, it was about a 60-second lesson, and now you think you're really good at it, right? Yeah, I mean, you taking the time out of your day to teach me the waltz is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> oh, Larry David. Yeah. Yep. Larry David's back. Um, do you do impressions? I do, yeah. Who do you do? Um, let's see. I do. Well, you just heard Larry David. So yeah, that's got obvious. that. So check, check. Um, do Jim Neighbors? Oh, great! Yeah. The singing or speaking? Because it's two totally different impressions. I do the speaking voice. Speaking voice. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Uh, do you need me to set you up? Do you need me to be Sarge or anything if you like could, that? If you could, yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Pile. Well, golly, boss. Here I am, Gomer Pile. What'd you um, think? Honestly? Yeah. Um, I'm a little intimidated because that was exceptional. Thank you. That was amazing. I felt like I was there. Just Gomer Pyle, USMC, right yep. there. United States Marine Corps. Very funny show. That, one of the funniest shows. I used to watch it all the time when, I, I, when I went to my grandma's yeah. house. <laughs> Is it weird that your career, like a person's career, can be summed up in... People used to watch me when they were either sick or at grandma's. Yep. That is Jim Neighbors and the, what, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke show. I had a, uh, a, a an exceptional, I know I've said that three times in the last two minutes, but I had a, an extraordinary uh, thrift shop find 
I used to go to thrift shops um, to uh, look for records, and yes. it was always stuff from the '60s or '70s. It was never never be current stuff at yeah. the ones that I was at. But I found a ten record set of Jim Neighbors singing, wow. and it had it ten had records? ten records, yeah, Jesus. and it, each one was themed. Like there was one that was devoted just to gospel, and there was one to patriotic songs, and wow. oh, it was just incredible. And I used to to put it on at parties and clear the room. <laughs> it was wow. really really good. I believe I still have it somewhere. Amazing. Um, we are talking about. Uh, the little band called Rapid Eye Movement. Hurry up. Hurry up. And, uh, last, uh, time we talked about R.E.M., they did the, they did the, uh, album Monster. Oh, God, I don't even want to say it. They did, um, the oh, album, the al- you know the Can one we I'm just call about. it the scary one? The scary album, yeah. You know how the Beatles put out, it's not the actual title of, the record, the White Album, it's, you know, the Beatles, the Beatles, but everyone calls it the White Album. And Metallica, it's Metallica, but everyone calls right. it. Let's just call it the Scary Album. Okay. Okay. The Scary, or how about the Scary One? The Scary One. Yeah. Yes. So, it, like, like our, our good friend, you know the movie that came out in 1976, Chaz, the super big guy? Chaz. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is the Scary One. Uh, so, the last time we talked about the Scary One... That was a full feedback guitar. Do we ever figure out if it was tremolo or tremolo? I'm sure in the week that it, or so that has passed, uh, people have told us. But um, full on uh, guitar effects, fuzz feedbacky uh, record. That yeah. was a uh, uh, Adam uh, uh, enjoys it. Maybe not his favorite. I can't re- recall. But for me, it was a bit of an assault on the senses by yeah. the end of it. Uh, and uh, that came out in 1995? Four. Four? And Very much a reaction to the previous two records. Came out uh, one year after uh, whatever that album was that came out before. Automatic for the Automatic people. For the people two right? years two after. Two years after it. Okay, sure. So we're at a every two-year pace at this point, which is good for uh, a superstar record. I mean, look at, yeah, look I mean, at our friends in uh, Hue 2. They will take 12 years in between albums. Yeah. So for R.E.M., this is good. They put out an album, then they put one out two years later, and then they put this one out two years later. Yeah, they had their big monster tour, which we didn't even no, talk about on the monster. The scary, uh, no, scary one. Sorry. God. The scary one tour. Sorry. Uh, we didn't even talk about that on the uh, scary one episode. We didn't. We didn't. We haven't talked about the. Uh, so let's get into it before we talk about this record. So uh, R.E.M. put out the scary one album. And they hadn't toured for this is their for, third album, so they're basically they touring, toured since Green. They're touring three records, mm-hmm. basically. So no one has gotten to hear any of these songs that they love live yet. Yeah, and they're like, "What would it sound like live?" In my opinion, probably like the record with people going, <sighs> "Yeah," over it. That's and then, usually as what it, it turns sounds out. Like live. That's that's sort of what it sounded like. It does. Sometimes I wonder when I go to a concert, especially if I'm far away, I go, "Why didn't I just turn on the record?" And like go down the street and just yell at my house. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you know, just like you mean back before you could get good tickets. Yeah, for shows. you guys rule. Yeah. Just yelling at my house. Yeah, you know. But instead, no. We go to we 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 like to see people moving their little butts while yeah, they play like, songs. We like to see famous people shaking their butts. <laughs> That's really what a concert's all. We don't care about the music. No, nope. we're like, well, I wonder if he shakes it side to side. But shake. Is it like pelvis thrusts? You know, back up, yep. up and forward and back. I don't know. Um, so 
they put out the scary one. They decide to go on tour for the scary one. And um, they have not been on tour since the green tour in 1989-ish to yes. 90, somewhere yes. around there. Um, so it's been uh, quite a bit of time. It's been uh, four years-ish, four yeah, and a half years. Yeah, they kick off the tour, I believe, in January 95 in Australia. Ooh, that's a that's a tough, tough plane ride. Yeah. You know? I believe that. Or maybe even later, maybe like March in mm-hmm. Australia. Anyway, it started in Australia. Mm-hmm. It started in Australia, like a lot of things do. Oh, yeah. Like, Crocodile Dundee. Yep. Um, Moulin Rouge, the film. Um. Uh, kangaroos started Kang- in Australia. Kangaroo Jack. And ended in Started Australia. and ended there. Yes, exactly. So uh, they do approximately how many shows do they do before? Whoa. You okay? Uh, uh, I think I'm. Are you going to? I think I'm having a heart you... attack. Oh. Oh. All right. This is all you're doing? I think I'm oh. having a heart attack. Can you help me, please? Do you think we can just keep going and then if it gets really serious, you let me know? It's serious, bro. It's fucking serious. I'm having a hard fucking heart attack. No, right I know, now. but if it becomes like fatal, you'll let me know. Every heart attack is fatal if you don't get How to the this? hospital. How about we get 911 on the line and just be ready just in case and we just continue yes, the show? Yes, call 911. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, please. All right. Hello, 911. Hi, uh, this is Adam Scott. I'm. Hi, this is uh, Rochester. Oh, hey, Rochester. Rochester, are you kidding me? Wait a minute, you called me. Yeah, I, well, I called you because my friend Scott may yeah. be having a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who is this? Who is this? Is Adam? This is Adam, yeah. Oh. We spoke earlier. Do you remember? Yeah, uh, I, sort of, yeah I sort of remember. Okay. Uh, what do you want? Well, very busy on 911. Okay. Our friend Scott here, he might be having a heart attack. We're not exactly sure. We feel like it may be serious, but just in case it becomes serious, uh, we just di- wanted to have you yeah. on the line. There's a different number for that. That's 912. Oh, thanks. Sorry. Bye. Bye. You know what? We'll call 912. Yeah, okay. I th- if, it, I actually, if it gets serious. Actually, I think I, I, I think it was just a burp. Okay, good. Yeah, I think I'm okay. Great. Okay, if I do die, though. Yeah. Will you please tell Cool Up that I love her? Nope. I'm not going to text her or anything right now. Just okay. please, like, pass that on for me. No. No? No. That's the one thing that I would want you to do. I can't do that. Why not? Well, I mean, I could. I just can't promise that I'll remember. It, it would be a. It would mean a lot to me. It would probably mean a lot to her. I mean, I would because I've it never, down. T- I've never told her our entire relationship. So to hear you guys are married, though. Well, yeah, but you know, I don't. I like to stay away from that mushy stuff. Ugh, boy. I feel like I feel like you should tell her just in case you do die at some point. Do you write serious question? Mm-hmm. Have you written letters to all of your loved ones to say like all the things that you couldn't say while or or just even a cap, encapsulating your your feelings in case you know you're driving out there in your you know asshole Hollywood asshole car that you yeah. drive yeah. and you get t-boned by you know. Just a giant by semi. T-bone, by T-Bone. By, by an actual, T-bone. yeah, a guy named T-Bone. But have you written letters to your loved ones? Or are you just going to be like, eh, I'm gone? Yeah, I've written all those letters. You've written them? Yeah. I haven't written them. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote, Do you update them? I wrote uh, letters for you, for your loved ones. You've written in, in my voice or just as yourself? I've written to your loved ones from me. <laughs> that Honestly, that would probably mean more to them than letters from me. I, I'm aware of that. 
They're like, wow, this is the guy from Parks and Rec who's like Weird. the irritating parts of Leslie Nope crossed yeah. with a turd. Yeah. Bizarre that we're getting uh, <laughs> snail mail from him. Who uses snail mail? Anyway. Snails? Ha ha. Um, okay, so how many how many shows went by in the Scary One Tour before? The Scary One Tour was huge. Be- before and you know what you know what happened happened. They how, they went oh, oh, uh they were in Switzerland when uh, two Bill weeks Barry. late, two weeks into the tour, three no, weeks into the tour. Is, what was it? They had finished their American leg of the tour and hmm. were beginning. I thought it was fairly early in the tour. Was it? Yeah, from what I understand, was it, it was. before they got to America? I I believe it was like literally. Um, well, they started a few weeks in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Let me look up Booberry because I feel like. Aneurysm. He had it on March 1, 20... No, <laughs> this is an article written on March 1, 2017. <laughs> uh, yes, he had it uh, March 1... He did have it March 1 uh, in Switzerland. And uh, it probably... It, it, was, uh, it was 1995, so it was pretty early. It was pretty early in the tour, March 1. So it was before they got to America? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So three weeks in, um, Buckbury himself, he, in the middle of uh, in the middle of drumming, in the middle of a show, was it at the beginning of a show? They were playing tongue, I know that. They were playing tongue, which is like kind of ironic because the tongue is so close to the brain. Yeah, it's in the head. Do you think uh, that he was the brain? Do you think he was playing is 90 minutes into the show? Do you think he was like subliminally pressing his tongue into his brain while he was p- playing or anything? Or? There is a chance, yeah. A 100% chance, I think. Um so Bill wait, Bar- wait, wait, I'm trying to figure out when here. the tour started. Just yeah. look up monster tour dates. That's what I did and this is really Look up sorry, scary one tour dates. Scary one tour dates. All right, we're both looking it up now, and this is tour uh, dates and concert history. REM. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yes. Oh my God, they're starting with their final show and going backwards. Um. Well, in any case, whether it was early or late, Adam will yeah. get. So he has an aneurysm in the middle of ninety minutes into into a show. He has an aneurysm while playing the song "Tongue," and uh, luckily they're in Switzerland, where the best brain surgeons in the world. Strangely reside, enough, apparently. yeah, like ten minutes away from the from the venue, they're like, "Let's take him to this world's best brain surgeon, yeah. who's right here." It was like the luckiest place to ever have an aneurysm. Yeah, and I pray if you ever have an aneurysm that you have it in Switzerland. Oh, Scott, that's really nice. You too. I I would hope that you well, – they played pr- in Australia for a while, then Japan, mm-hmm. then Singapore. Okay. China. Spain. China. France, Italy, uh, Switzerland, and that's where it kind of stopped for a bit. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Right. So it was very early in the tour before they even got to America. So – Okay. So, I mean, this is, this, this is life-threatening. Yeah. Uh, if, if he had had it anywhere else, like say he'd had it in like name any other place in the world. Um, like Switzerland. Yeah. 
I said, name any other place. You just named the place that he actually was in. Well, I mean, where where in Switzerland was I did, he? I, like, let's just say anything within Switzerland, you know, like territory. Okay. Just they name were, anywhere else. They were in uh... – Anywhere else. Okay. Any like, other place. There's so many different places on earth. Um, just name one. Switzerland. <laughs> okay, let's say let's say um God, I I I'm it's hard. My it's brain. hard it's I hard can't. to think of other places, I know. Um because you got Switzerland on the brain. And do, you know why? Do I do Because your brain is like Switzerland cheese. Switzerland. My brain is just feeling neutral. Yeah, no, it's got like, holes in it. Um you, you I, dummy. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna I have to say okay. Switzerland. I, you, I can't. Okay, that's fine. Okay, say you're in Switzerland. But the part of Switzerland where there are no doctors. Okay, yes. Let's just say that. All right, so this was one weird street on Switzerland where doctors are not allowed. Sure, uh, that's where the they, arena they is. They cordon them off, and they're like, no doctors allowed here. This Get is, out of here. Uh, and no one, no, no honorary doctors? Yeah. Dr. William H. Cosby, you're not allowed here? Yeah. Goodbye, doctors. No doctors. Um, so say you're there. Anywhere else, you're dead. You're dead. Dead. You are R.I.P., you're pushing up daisies. You uh, are uh, six feet under. You are on the old wagon train to heaven, my dear boy. But luckily for Bilberry, he has his aneurysm just right there, right by a hospital. They push him on over. I don't. I assume they. I don't know. Put him in a car or something. Maybe an ambulance or something. I don't know. I didn't get. The, Could have been an ambulance. Probably an ambulance. I would imagine it was an ambulance. Mm-hmm. And they're like, woo, 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 and they drive him right. And and uh, a brain surgeon goes, oh, well, yeah, this is what I do. This is like this is, you know, I got the, I got the call. I got called off the bench. Here I am. I'm the best brain surgeon in the world. Let me let me fix this guy's Put horrible in, brain problem. And bing, bam, boom. They yeah. F- they fix him up. So it's incredibly uh, uh, scary and difficult for the band, but he he was back, uh, back on back the like road. like a couple weeks later. Yeah. Was it a couple weeks? It, it seemed like two or three weeks. I looked it up the other day, and it was just like two or three weeks later, he's like back doing shows. Yeah. They, I think they started the tour back up uh, in Northern California at the Shoreline. As, oh. Because right? a friend that. of mine was at that show. And was he, what was, he, was he like yelling at him the whole time? Like, hey, you feeling all right? Yeah. He was checking in as often as he could during the concert from back in the back. What of if the every arena. scene, like you hear, just like you know, stand in the place where are you feeling all right? Yeah, it was everyone in unison. It was uh, May fifteenth at the Shoreline Amphitheater. Well, 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 May fifteenth. That is uh, two months later, but uh, not too far off. From what yeah, I two said. months. You said two weeks. I said two or three weeks. Um, but which, then, like, okay, you didn't even know. I took a stab at it, and yeah. here you are making fun of me. Oh, you said two weeks. Well, like, like, fuck you. Like, two weeks. You were a guy who's just like sitting there looking on your phone like, oh, what is the answer? Yeah, like, but, I, you, but you were like, two weeks. I mean, that's fair. That's pretty fair. Okay. That's accurate. Um, but then yes. they get back over they get, to They're like, oh, my Europe. God. Thankfully, Bill Berry is back. Everything's going well. They do a leg in America. Then they head back to Europe to make up those dates. Mm-hmm. And then in July, two months after Bill Berry's back, July 11th, 1995, Mike Mills- has an intestinal tumor, which was fortunately 
benign. But he and has to have it removed. It was an intestinal adhesion. It was scar tissue from some Why? other thing. Can you stop? But a tumor, me. a tumor but is this. This source says a tumor is a thing. Okay. No, but a tumor is a very different thing than a, a tumor is any kind of of mass that doesn't belong. <laughs> no, it's not. Look, this says a tumor. Your thing says something else. Okay. <laughs> you, just because you're looking at a thing and I'm looking at a thing doesn't mean your thing is right, and you have to correct me. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is it? What is your? What is your? What is like, your glitch? What is your psychology? And I, and and this is very serious. Sure, sure. And and maybe this is an intervention. I don't know. Okay. But what is what is it? What is in your personality that you just feel like you have to be right all the time? What what is that? Is you're it right? No, you're right to to call me out on. And that's this a breakthrough. Guy. And that's a breakthrough. And I appreciate you're, you're that. You're saying that I'm right. Finally, finally. Well, Thank you. To be. You're, I don't know. I, you're dipping your toe back in the water. Hair, hairs here, but <laughs> you made such great progress, and now quite say you. I did say you were right, but I didn't say it quite in the way you're. You said I'm you're right. Parsing a little bit here, but you know what? I'm going to let let it be. I'm going to. You, let you know it what? Go. You can't say I'm going to let it be because you're telling the person instead of just letting it be. You're telling the person I still don't agree with you, but I'm putting the matter to rest. Okay, if you really were letting it be, you would just say okay. And you let it be. But instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to let it be, is you telling me that you're still not right and I'm ending the conversation. I'm going to have the last word. That's not cool. Okay. Oh, great. All right. Oh. All right. I feel good about that. While at the same time. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. So that happens. He, Mike Mills Mike has Myers to get, is, is – He has to um, get surgery. Yeah. Right? So this scary one tour is getting scarier and scarier. But then – they get back on the road after Mike Mills' surgery, back mm-hmm. on the road, mm-hmm. and then— I don't have a date on this one. This one, I know they are in— What would you rather? Me uh, actually taking stabs at things and guessing and being incorrect or listening to your dumbass I've sit got there it. Like, I've got it right here. I've got it. I believe it's uh, at, in Prague. Turns out that— uh, Michael Stipend Stipe has a hernia. A hernia. From singing and pushing out the notes, supposedly. A hernia. All right. And he has to get an operation and an has operation. to be pulled off. But he sings the show in Prague. He, they do the show in Prague, but he has to, I guess, take it easy. Mm-hmm. And then they fly him back to the sleazy. U.S. And he gets his surgery. He gets so that's her- three so of apparently four Apparently Prague doesn't have the world's greatest hernia surgeons. Wouldn't that be ironic if every single place they were in, they were, like, lucky to have the work? These guys do the best hernia operations in the world. <laughs> that would be amazing. So only Peter Dollar Bill survives this intact. Yeah. Um, he's the only one who's like, I don't know, I got – I mean, I've been playing guitar so much, my calluses are maybe a little deeper. But other than that, like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm assuming. He had to go get callus surgery. <laughs> There's no the information about over. that, but we one has to assume. Um, I remember like uh, people making jokes about this, of course, and everything. But people being and like, funny, Man. funny jokes too. Oh yeah, like legitimately, like I understand, like like well crafted, like well crafted. Like some of these jokes were like they weren't just layperson jokes. No, these were no, like crafted no, no, by no. the best comedy They're minds in the business. Professional jokes, professional grade jokes. Uh, but uh, but I remember people being like, man, the REM's getting old, man. Those guys have – and now looking back, they were like 33. Lars right. <laughs> <laughs> de Christ, yeah. well, the yeah. age of Christ, yeah. um, when he died. Yeah. Um, so it's – you know, you're never too young to die. 
Uh, no, I think we know that mm-hmm. uh, through experience, don't we? Yes, we do. So um, they basically this tour is kind of a very shambolic affair. But while they are on tour, they think to themselves, you know what? I, I don't want it to be like another delay of, you know, when you go on one of these long-ass tours, then you take some time off, then you get back in the studio and you're like overthinking it. We want to put out a record, you know, very soon after this tour ends, so why don't we record it upon what? The road. The road. So they record all of their shows, but like most tours that REM plays, they play a lot of new material. And Mm -hmm. Monster Tour uh-huh. was no exception. Scary, no scary exce- one. Sorry, 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 sorry. Scary One Tour was no exception, although they played an unusually uh, uh, large amount of new material. They had like five new songs a night. They would Really? Play. They were And rotating them or just those same five they, all the time? They played Undertow. I remember them playing Undertow and Binky the Doormat just about every year. And would they be like, this is a new one? And people were like, oh, boy. They or were people I, excited? I don't for know. It? it seemed like people were excited. I watched like some of it on YouTube recently. It seemed like people were into it. Mm-hmm. And like uh, the months, the the scary one tour was crazy. Sorry, it was crazy because they would play like mostly just that that record. Right. Like the they first, weren't playing like, a lot of old stuff. Eventually, but like the first like half of the show was all mon- at least. Well, some it all of the- fits in with the same sound in a way. Like, yeah. It's a little. It would be a little strange to be switching it up kind of yeah. all that much. I but guess. then they did. I mean, they would play all that other stuff, but the well, you know how, uh, monster was on the brain. You know sure. how our friends Hugh 2 and the uh, Songs of Innocence, or sorry, uh, Innocence, what, what was the last tour? So, the Innocence and Experience tour? Not the one that is this year, but the... Uh, yeah, the Innocence and the, Experience. Yeah, so uh, you know how they, they started off with um, the Joey Ramone song, and yeah. then they played stuff... In that same vein of like all rocking yeah. numbers, yeah, you know what I mean, for a little while before they switch it up. Was it sort of like that where it was like monster or was it exclusively monster tracks? It was like – I mean the, from, from the shows I saw and then looking at like set lists and stuff, it mm-hmm. was – That ma- sounds like fun. majority of it was monster. How much time do you spend looking at set lists <laughs> well, and, just and now, imagining it? Just now when I was looking for them getting <laughs> surgery. <laughs> surgery lists. Those would be fun to look at. Um, would you – if if – if there was a website devoted to every surgery that everyone in the world had, like you could just look, it was like IMDb for surgeries. Yeah, for all be, citizens of the earth. For all, would that be good? I would love it. I would look at it all the time, and then find the REM members. And you could just like click on whatever, like, oh, Adam had uh, like penile enhancement surgery. <laughs> I was just going to say penis surgery, <laughs> and then you click on it, and then it, it, then you see anyone who's ever had it. Yeah. I would love that. That's a this is a this is a good business. So story. not only would they record tracks live, they recorded in their dressing rooms. In their dressing rooms on on stage during sound check. Sound primarily, check. They there would, are several songs on this album that are sound check recordings, they and then would, they would augment it later in the studio. Sure, but they would they would come and and sometimes a sound check, as they describe it in a um, little EPK video that our friend Lance Bangs, previous guest, sent us that he directed or co-directed. Um, a lot of times, sound check for a band when you're doing that long of a tour is drudgery where it's like, you know, you play for five minutes yeah. just making sure everything sounds good. But these guys would be spending an hour and a half yeah. just hammering out new songs. And they said it made the tour really fun. Yeah. And Peter Dollar Bill, in fact, was saying that, like, 
um, in that EPK was like, I never want to do another tour not like this, which is always famous last words. Yeah. <laughs> it probably was the last one that they ever did. Yeah. Um, but it's it, uh, it worked. They came out with this album um, just two years after the scary one. and It's cool because even the tracks that were recorded live, you can't even tell they're live. Like, they, you can't mm-hmm. – they took all crowd noise out of them. You can't right. really hear – only at the very end of Undertow, you can hear a little bit of Well, occasionally during a song, you'll hear like Michael Stipe and sing something. He'll be like, I went, hey, shut up. And yeah. he'll ask people He's to be quiet. Telling people to shut up. I shut went up. down to the market. Quiet. Shut, shut the fuck up. So that that's the, that's maybe the one thing yep. that I think is like – it. I mean, it's sort of like an Easter egg. It's a little distracting to me because yeah. I think he's talking to me sometimes. And I'm like, I bought this record. I'll yeah. talk during Don't it. tell me to shut up. Do you talk during records when you listen to Never. records? Never. Do you talk to the, the singer ever? Never? All, all the time. Stop. <laughs> How's that mic adjustment going? Loud. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Shall we go uh, song by song? Song like they say in New by York? song. Well, first of all, uh, it came out. Let's talk about the release date. This is September 9th, 1996. Can I tell a little story about uh, it being released? Yes, please. About a week and a half before it is released, Tower Records in Hollywood had a come and listen to the new REM album in full if you want a week and a half before it comes out. If you want. Well. (laughs) Everything is if you want. (laughs) Like they're not ordering people to do it. You're right. You are free to not (laughs) Mandatory citizens. (laughs) In fact, there were a lot of people who didn't go. But I went by myself. By yourself. (laughs) And it was at night in the park, what used to be a parking lot. Remember like Kitty Corner to Tower Records used to just be a parking lot? Yeah. Not the parking lot next to it, but it was across a little street. Uh And they had a uh, screen with the record cover projected up onto it, and they were just playing it loudly in the loudly, parking Loudly, so lot. no headphones. It was just playing it in yeah. the parking lot. And there was, you know, there's like a hundred people there, I guess. Did they do it at a certain time or was it just, we're going to be playing this over no, and over? No, it was at nine o'clock on a okay. Sunday night or something. Right. So I went uh, by myself and sat there and listened uh, to the album. It was very exciting for me. And I remember one song in particular got applause after. Whoa, do you remember which one? I do. And do you want to say it when, when, when we play it? Yeah. Okay. And what were you doing in your life at this point? In because last last we spoke, you were living, as I recall, in a shitty apartment with a bedsheet covering right. the window. At this point, I had moved. Thank God. I've, yes, I had moved. I'm, I was living in Echo Park. I, I had never checked in with you wondering if you still live there. So I'm glad <laughs> to hear you'd moved. <laughs> I had moved to a little place in Echo Park that I eventually got kicked out of, but it was a terrific— Why did you get It was a terrific out? small house with no insulation, but it was— uh, Pretty awesome. Why did you get kicked out eventually? Because the uh, landlord was extremely litigious uh, to the point where when he first showed me the place, he told me, don't cross me or we'll end up in court. And that's exactly what happened. Whoa. We ended up in, I had to go to court. Whoa. Yeah. It was one of those guys. When you say we, guys. was it a roommate situation? No, I was I lived there by myself, but my mm. girlfriend mm. was there, would stay there with me, and he mm. lived mm. next door and would keep track of how many nights she would stay. Oh, uh, who cares? I know, I know. And then eventually said she was staying there too much, 
and I was not allowed to have a roommate. Weird. And so he uh, sued me to try and, you know, brought me to court to try and get right. me evicted. Wow. And I was like, well, it's just, it's my guest. Like, I can do. Yeah. Anything. But I, I had a landlord up in Santa Maria who would not allow me to live with my girlfriend because she thought it was a sin. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was like that. I think there was some – he was putting some crazy right. his beliefs on top okay. of everything else. Oh, my gosh. And what were you doing? He was a real asshole. Um, do you want to say his name? Is he dead? I don't know his name. I don't remember his name. But he I was he's a dead. shithead. Yeah. Um, and what were you doing in your life and career and everything? I was doing – I remember I was doing a TV movie in Portland with Mary Tyler Moore and Oh, we Ed talked Asner. about that in our Out of Time episode. Yes. We did? Yes, we did. And uh, you, were, you were playing – it was the the revenge one, right? Yeah. What was it? Well, we were shooting that when New Adventures came out because I remember mm-hmm. listening to it in Portland, right, when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also doing a play underneath Toy Tie. You know that restaurant? Yeah. There was a little theater under there. And so oh, really? I was doing a play there and going up and shooting this TV movie. And were you ever like, hey, Ed, hey, Mary, I'm doing a play underneath Toy Tie. Do you guys want to come by? I remember telling them I was doing a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it sounds cool. It does sound cool. Like I'm doing this play in the basement of a Thai restaurant in L.A. <laughs> when I'm not here working on this. Right. Yeah, but that's how committed I am to the craft. Yeah. And uh, I remember them being polite, but not mm-hmm. probably not sort caring. Of, yeah, sort of like how you and I are with anyone now who would tell us something like that. Exactly. Um, that's fantastic. So you, things are looking up. How about in your you? Career. What were you? What were you doing? Were you guys doing? Uh, you guys were doing Mr. Show or not yet. getting started? Right? Not yet. I had started comedy one year earlier in July of 1995. Okay. I had gone up uh, at the comedy store uh, under the uh, tutelage of. Mary Lynn Rice Cub in uh-huh. CJ Arabia. They, uh-huh. they put me up uh, on their show. And so I had been doing comedy for a year at this point. It it, it, it had been, um, you know, I, I had grown up a person who loved comedy and always assumed I could not do it. Yeah. Uh, and I would, I would never figure out how to break into it. Yeah. To a person who suddenly was a comedian and, and performing with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross and all sorts of people. It was, it was thrilling. Uh, it was a lot like that uh, Michael Jackson album. Like Thriller? Uh, off the Wall. It was crazy. How, and it was um, – Really? Because I heard it was like that other Michael Jackson album. Uh, bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I remember going and seeing Bob and David and Mary Lynn and all of them up in that place. It's on the corner of Hollywood Boulevard and La Brea. Remember that one – there was like a – I mean, there's oh yeah, yeah 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 no it was the Diamond Club yeah the Diamond yeah Club. I used to do shows there yeah, with them yeah, right yeah, around yeah. that time so right? yeah so so I was doing shows with them and they had started I remember in '95 uh, before I the month before I started doing comedy I saw Bob and David do a a live show at the Upfront Theater in Santa Monica and that was to get HBO executives to oh, cool. to 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 sell the show right. and they bought it and I saw Bernie Brielstein there afterwards like going okay that was great they think wow. it was really good but they want to do you know like all this kind of stuff so That's anyway cra- isn't that crazy now looking back on that and it's like comedy history right weird like, I was living it moments I was living it. it was great I was very excited to do that I will say though September 9th 1996 uh I, w- I think a month, a month and a half after I started doing comedy, uh, so around this time, around September 9th of 1995, I had uh, started seeing a woman, a fellow comedian, and uh, we had had a very intense 
relationship. Tumultuous? Very tumultuous relationship, which went well uh, for a little while. And then, uh, so probably three months great and then nine months of severe agony. Sure. (laughs) And uh, uh, to, to the point where we broke up over the phone, like right around this time, and I said, oh, by the way, happy anniversary. As we were hanging up, oh, it was she didn't know it was our anniversary. And uh, uh, it was one of those. One of those. The, it's the girl that was got me. I ended up getting kicked out of my house for mm-hmm. similar relationship ah. where I don't think she would have ever known what an what our anniversary was. Right. Was your girlfriend drinking a full bottle of Patron a day? <laughs> Not that I know of, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> and constantly cheating on you? <laughs> I think so, but I'm not <laughs> Probably, totally yeah, sure. Probably, yeah, so very similar. So at this month in particular, to me, was when we broke up and when we also decided, you know what? Maybe the romantic part of it is not what was working because we like really like each other and uh, we love hanging uh-huh. out with each other. Yeah. So let's just hang out every night as friends. Great, great, great idea. Plan. <laughs> great plan. So this became the f- a full year of that, uh, of us just hanging out as Man. friends. Um, and I would go over to her house up in, up in Beechwood, up in the hills yeah. every single night and hang out with her and her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend. We were all like the best friends. And just, uh, I would make her mixtapes all the time. Of course I, you would. I remember quite, Filled with love songs? No, just like songs I liked and we would talk about it. I remember these months in particular because I looked up when Wilco's Being There came out, which was about a month after this album. Yeah. And that was something that I put on mixtapes. And um, we were very into – first of all, I was very into Britpop, which had kind of broke a year before with Oasis and – uh, and then also the Poptopia scene in L.A. was happening at the time, like John Bryan playing at yeah, Largo yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. like a Poptopia Festival, like everyone doing sort of power pop. Yeah. And Matthew Sweet was doing power pop. So that's kind of what I was into at the, at the time. And these months in particular, I just remember being sad yeah. all the time and yet being also very thrilled to be doing comedy. So it and, was, But it was like torture hanging out with her and her roommate and her roommate. Yes, because we were all laughing all the time and having such a good time. And then at the end of the night, I was just- You had just, to go home. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you later. The worst. Terrible. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Anyway, so the so when I, when I looked up these dates, that's what- uh, Do you remember this album coming out? I don't remember the release. I, in fact- barely remember I had to really kind of go do I even remember this coming out and I think what it was was I saw the video of Ebo the Letter the first single yeah and I kind of went well that's pretentious yeah. and I said okay I guess uh, I guess we're done so you were like oh weird REM has an album out and I don't care well specifically I think the single is a really bad single so I was like oh they put they put this song out as their first single? Got it. Okay. Well, I, it. I guess they're up their own ass, sort of. Yeah. It was my impression as a dispassionate observer yeah. who hadn't listened to really uh, The Scary One or Automatic for the People. I was just kind of like, oh, you know, yeah. I oh, R.E.M. album, but I don't like the single, so yeah. that's about it. Um, you know what? We do have to take a break before okay. we go song by song, if that's okay. So when we come back, we're going to go song by song with New Adventures in Hi-Fi. We'll be right back.
Paul Shear. No, I'm not calling you, Paul. No, Siri, stop calling Paul Shear. Paul Shear watches a lot of bad movies on how did this get made. It's a, a hell of his own creation. <laughs> and I know what you're saying, like, okay, well, he's trapped in that hell. He'll never get out of it. Well, guess what? No, he can watch good movies now. In fact, for every bad movie, he tries to watch one good movie just to keep himself even. So Paul Shear and Amy Nicholson from the canon have a new podcast, Unspooled, and that's right here on Earwolf. The first episode, it's out right now. Paul and Amy, what they do, they watch all of the classic movies that you out there, look, it's no secret, Adam and I love film. All right, but you can't watch all of the films that we've watched. Well, Paul and Amy are going to watch it. Films like, well, guess what? Their first episode, Citizen Kane. Citizen, Citizen Kane. By the way, I'm working on my James Spader in Avengers Age of Ultron impression. Let's see if I can get it. And this is not, this is not a movie they'll watch for this unspooled because it's terrible. But here we go. Hi. Unfortunately, Iron Man created a robot and that ended up in creating me Ultron. Not bad. Anyway, they're not going to talk about it. But Citizen Kane, they're going to talk about Citizen Kane. And they're going to watch everything on the AFI 100 list like Taxi Driver, the Graduate and Pulp Fiction. And what about me, Ultron? They explore the crazy backstories like how a group of Hollywood bigwigs tried to stop Citizen Kane from being made. They wanted to literally burn it, which is a bad idea with celluloid. And celluloid, though. Oh, I love celluloid. And they bring on film experts, real experts in film. Film, film, film experts. You're going to have to uh, watch this uh, mic cover when you're done. But they bring on film experts to talk about what happened behind the scenes. Um, This is a good show. We love film. Adam and I, we love film. So we give this our highest rating, C+. Listen to Unspooled now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Welcome back. This is track one of New Adventures in Hi-Fi. This is How the West Was Won and Where It Got Us. Yes. 
Uh-huh. Opening track quite a bit different than uh, their last record. Um, let me kind of set the table of where I was uh, this week listening to this record. Please. Okay, so we listened to the scary one. Yeah. And I felt like it was a little a little much, but I you know, I like I like you know, a lot of songs on it, but yeah. I, but by the end I was like, oh, I just want a different sound. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, for the first time in a little while, I yeah. have to say, I, I didn't know anything about this record, yeah. really. I know I've heard a couple of the songs yeah. here and there. Like I said, I heard- But it wasn't a huge hit, so it's not like so these I don't, songs were everywhere. I, I texted you at a certain point. You were like, you've never heard Hi-Fi? And I said, if you asked me to hum any of these songs, I could not do it. Yeah. You said, no one's asking you to hum anything. Yeah. Which I thought was rude. Um, well, I, it was I maybe was it came correct. off. It came off dry as a text. Maybe you meant it lovingly. I don't know. No, I meant it as a deep insult. <laughs> so, I was looking forward to this record a yeah. lot, actually. Yeah. Because I, I the one thing I sort of could guess was that it, it was a reaction to Monster in a way of like it. It wasn't going to be Monster. It was maybe. I had to guess, like, maybe a return to Automatic for the People, which, as you recall, I liked. Mm-hmm. So I, for the first time since we've been doing this show, I sort of had a, a real sense of anticipation of, like, oh, boy, I can't wait to listen to the ne- the new R.E.M. album. Yeah. Isn't that strange? That's cool. That you Now you know how I felt in 1996. For two years. In September. <laughs> I had to wait for a year, or I had to wait one week to do it, but you, you had to wait two years from Monster. It literally, every time an R.E.M. album came out, it would just be a countdown till the next one. Right. For me. A countdown from two. Yep. Two. One. one. Here, Here it is. is. <laughs> In years. That's right. And New Year's Eve, you would shout out, two. And then another New Year's Eve, one. <laughs> um, so I was really looking forward to it, and I was like, I wonder what it's going to be like. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is a great opening track. I agree. This is, it's different than any song they've done. Yeah. It's sparse with yeah. just that kind of like uh, almost Casio tinny keyboard line yeah. going. Yeah. The very and simple piano, piano yeah. that Mike uh, Miller is doing. Yeah. And uh, it is a long, longer, on the longer side, it's uh, four minutes and 31 seconds long. Um, a lot of the songs on this album are quite long. We will definitely talk about this. This is uh, R.E.M.'s longest album at a uh, an hour, five minutes and 33 seconds. It is their longest album. Um, and there are 14 songs. There are 14 songs, yes. Well, we'll get into that as we progress. But I, I have to say that I was uh, I, and am very still into this record and I think it's or this uh, this song and I think it's a, a an exceptional uh, choice for first track yeah it's really cool and watching that little uh, documentary that Lance made um, they're talking about how it's the one song that was completely born in the studio they Where went in to record Mike Miller just like started like playing around on the piano and like when a guy like you and me goes in there and starts just like oh there's a piano you know maybe we'll start doing Ding 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 ding. Or maybe I'll. Yeah, that's Mary had a little. Mary had a little lamb, which is a classic song. No, there's no shame in playing that when you see a piano. Yeah, one of the best songs ever written. But instead, oh, by the way, I want to highlight that's like sort of a David Bowie, Aladdin, Sane, Mike Garson piano playing in the middle of it, which is great. 
um, but they they were in the studio and freshening Mike, up the live tracks, and they recorded Mike just a started, couple songs. Mike just started playing that. Uh, yeah. And uh, Bill Berry was like, "Oh, that's that's rad. Let's lay that down." And they abandoned the song they were doing and decided to, to make this. And it was like one of the last songs they did on the yeah. record, and it's the song that they all like the most. Well, it's the only one that was written and recorded in the uh, in the studio. The other Super ones fast. were all written uh, written on, on the, the road, road. Some yeah. recorded in the studio, but this and one they was... loved it, so they opened the album with it. Yes, a... it doesn't sound like any other REM song. And kind of to me says like, hey, forget the scary one. Uh-huh. Let's, let's just do this uh-huh. record. I like it a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I I love this song. I, I think it's really weird and cool. And uh, and unlike, uh, it doesn't, it's not like, because where they end up going on the next record is don't, don't No spoilers. I won't. It's experimental, but it's, you know, they move into the electronic zone a little bit. This is experimental while still being rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting and, and good and mm-hmm. catchy. All right. So then, um, then for my mind, I'm like, okay, well, how do they follow that up? And REM knew because they put out the record. Yeah. They, they said, okay, here's track two. This is the wake up bomb. I l- I'm sorry. I accidentally. <laughs> that was the that wake, was up, the wake bomb. up bomb. Enjoy it. No, this is the wake up bomb. God damn it. I look good in the glass pack. So, to my uh, uninitiated ear, it was kind of like saying, like, hey, we're going to not only do stuff like Automatic for the People that's a little moodier, but we're also going to do stuff like the scary one and do a mixture. Uh-huh. Like, we're going to go back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although, th- these kind of live tracks, like Wake Up Bomb and a few others on here, it's it's a it's a fattened out so, uh, sound from Monster. It's not exactly <laughs> that big kind of wash yes. of tremolo. No, it, it, it's uh, it's def- looser. And, and definitely has different instrumentation. They're not afraid yeah. to use acoustic guitars. And it and stuff. feels like a, a lot of people playing. It feels like a mm-hmm. big... It sounds like, like at least two people playing. It's like Grand Funk Railroad. Or it's like a <laughs> bunch of dudes on stage so it's, it's like it's like the polyphonic spree. It's like the best parts of the polyphonic. It's spree. like the polyphonic spree. It, it's if like they if, had three thousand people playing. If they fucked three thousand people, yeah, 
And then Parliament Funkadelic got in there and was like, I want in on this. And they all started a cult together. Yeah. They started like that Allison Mack, you know, what do you call it? Nixium. Uh, the sex cult that she was uh, convicted of. What is it called? Nixium, right? Nivium? Nixium? I don't know. You, don't, you never got invited to the sex cult, bro? <laughs> no. You don't know that the girl from Smallville? No. <laughs> you don't know? Okay, look it up later. I definitely will. <laughs> I'm surprised you were never, uh, well, I mean, it was one dude at the top of the sex pyramid and then inviting a lot of uh, actresses underneath. Okay, so Lord. that's the Wake Up Bomb. I really like it. I th- like it as a second track. The one yeah. thing the one thing I will say is I don't think it's like the best song ever written, like, yeah. s- like technically in terms of, the actual melody and chorus. Yeah. I think it's a great like statement of purpose yeah. and it's a great a great attitude yeah. in a way. And I and I can hum it and I've been humming it all week of like, oh wake up yeah. bomb. He's he's singing a little like Dylan on a lot of these songs, by the way, isn't he? He's like, I look good in yeah. the Hey. It's definitely a, a guy that's been on tour for Do you think a that's while. Dylan? That he starts Bob singing Dylan. that just because he was on tour so much? Yes. That's Answer, where that, my that voice I've been on in. tour way too long. Um, yeah, you know, for I remember when the album came out, I always really liked the song, and I liked it live and had heard it a few times and was looking forward to it. And then the uh, this version of it, I wished they had um, recorded it and produced it like like greenish, like get up. Like it's a, interesting. A tight, like poppy studio version. I'm going to be talking about this on – some of the songs as well uh-huh. of I wish the mix were different. Like it wasn't live? Yeah. I Okay, I, I totally hear that, mm-hmm. and that's how I felt for a while. Mm-hmm. But now, uh, years later, I, I really like this because it's like a snapshot of what the band was mm-hmm. here in this moment. And I like the loose, big, live feeling of it. Mm-hmm. It's different than what they had done before, mm-hmm. you know? But it would be cool to hear the get-up Right. Version of Wake Up Bomb. But I like this. I think it's looser and cool and and it feels big. In terms of greatest melodies R.E.M. has ever written, probably not, but a good, just like a fun, good, like. Super catchy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is track three. This is New Test Leper.
Okay. New Test Leper. I will say one of my favorites on the is record. It? It cool. is. I've won Quibble. Yeah. The mix. Uh-huh. I think they they put a little sort of distortion on the acoustic guitar a little bit, huh. which makes it not as clean to me. There's yeah. there's an alternate version, you know the one I'm talking. Do you want me to play it? The uh the sort of live acoustic version. The live in the studio. It's a li- it is uh, acoustic Seattle studio. Yeah. Do you want me to play? Sure. I'll tell you what yeah. I mean by the. Maybe you'll hear what I mean by yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh, by the sound on the acoustic guitar. Uh, it's like warmer. It's a little warmer. Uh-huh. Like they they put a little distortion on the other uh-huh. version. Like so, does this have drums and everything? In it? I don't remember this. Let's hear a little bit of it. Because the part it doesn't have, it doesn't have, like, the, the drum breakdown in there. Yeah. The keyboards, it doesn't have keyboards. I love the keyboards. It has a nice organ sound in it. This one does? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. That was supposed to be funny, Kevin. Kevin's laughing his ass off over here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. It's good vocal performance as well. Yeah. So, so I I think this is a great great song. I sort of wish there was a combination version. Uh-huh. Honestly, like a lot of the songs on this record, I sort of wish were produced a little more like Radiohead, The Bends, in a way. Huh. Um, like oh, fake, yeah, fake like plastic trees to like, feel more studioy. Yeah, like starts off with a pretty regular you know acoustic guitar sound and then builds with like upfront guitars and uh-huh. not like sort of semi-disguised guitar uh-huh. sounds like uh-huh. the the mix is really the only quibble I have but but I really I really like this song a lot. I do too. I I don't I don't mind the mix at all. I that that second one you played is nice but it feels unproduced I, I, it's, to me. It's not I I prefer the first version. Yeah. It feels too unproduced. All I, all I'm saying is whoops. All I'm saying is that I uh I wish there was a mid I wish there was a combo version. Uh that was uh, that was a little. So, by the way, I have to say, okay, the first song, four minutes and thirty-one seconds. Yeah, respectable for a, a uh, you know experimental thing. Sure. Wake up bomb, five minutes. Five okay. minutes and eight seconds. A little long. New test leper, five minutes twenty-six seconds. It's a slower song though, like fake pa- plastic trees. That's a l- that's long. It's a little though. long. Um, now we're going to the fourth track, undertow. Another over five minutes. Song. Hey, you're the biggest band in the world. No one's going to tell you to make your song shorter. I will very soon. <laughs> All right, this is Undertow. I know what I want to. I know what I want to. I know how I want to.
Okay, Undertow. Undertow. Another one they played on the road in the Scary One tour. What do you think of Undertow, Scott? This is one of my least favorites. Uh-huh. I I might like it if it were three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of samey for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also kind of is a little... Speaking of the Diamond Club, a person I performed with uh, at the Diamond Club, Maynard from Tool, it's a little like Tool, like production, plus Undertow, I think Tool has maybe even a song called Undertow. Like, it's a little like, you know, hey, the Undertow will pull you under. Um, Which I, you know, like Maynard, I like Tool, and, uh, but I don't know that I want to hear R.E.M. kind of doing that sort of stuff. This is not something. This, the, the... What I mean to say is on the, on the verses, the boom, boom, you know, all that all that stuff sounds like a Tool production. The the chorus doesn't sound like Tool. Got it. Um, this one I'm this one I would pass on, mm-hmm. and it's maybe leading to the songs being long fatigue for mm-hmm. me when I'm listening to the record. But what do you think? I really like Undertow. I, I just think it's a really pretty chorus. Yeah, I like it's the chorus. Really. That's why it's cool. it's on the cusp for me. Yeah. Of like, when I hear it, I go, "Oh, I like it." Yeah. And then by four minutes, there's still a minute to go. I'm like, "See, I don't guys, feel- let's wrap it up." The the weird thing is, "Wake Up Bomb," "New Test Leper," "Undertow." These don't feel like songs that would be long. They don't feel like epics. So they for what they, for whatever reason, them being this like looking at this, I was surprised how long they were. Just looking at the they're the not times. A, they're not epics. And I think that's part of the issue is they don't have the dynamics like a Bohemian Rhapsody has the, yeah. the length. They're yeah. just like the exact same thing for that long. Yeah. It's this okay. This leads me to a theory. Maybe this is too early to do this after track four. But the, here's my theory about albums, it, comparing them to television shows. Albums are the sketch shows of music. Okay, uh-huh. you know, so you know how when you're watching a television show, if, if it's a narrative, it tells one story for a half hour yeah. or or for an hour. Yeah. Albums don't do that. Albums are sketch shows. Yeah. Albums are like SNL, where yeah. it's like, here's an idea for three minutes. Yeah. Here's another idea for five minutes. Yeah. Here's a different idea for you know. You gotta what I mean? know when to end it. So sketches and sketch shows and the Lonely Island guys and, I, and I've talked about this all the time. Like prime length for a video. Like a song parody, parody yeah. video or any comedy video yeah. you put up, two and a half minutes. Yeah, like that. Is, like anything longer, three. Yeah, you're cutting. You're, you're pushing it. You're pushing it. Yeah. So, so for me, songs in general, uh, I, and that's not to say like songs that are five minutes are bad or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I just, just, I tend to like them on the shorter side. Yeah. So, so when I see a record like this where the first side is. Four minutes, five minutes, five and a half minutes, five minutes, five and a half minutes, and then coming up on uh, seven minutes. Yeah. It's a little like, guys, we you know, just yeah. tighten it up just a little bit. I, 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 I agree, but I also think this is where they were at. They were huge. They were a little ungainly. And he, these they, they the, were huge, but I will say that this record yeah, it didn't has, sell has well. not even sold a million And yet. we'll get to why that is, yeah. and it's coming we up in will. a second. But I think that— <laughs> It's coming up in literally like five seconds. Yeah, I think that <laughs> I think that, uh, that I, I really like Undertow. I think it's a really well-written song. And again, for a while, I wished they had a tight studio-y version mm-hmm. of it. I but, wish the production was a little more like Radiohead, where it was like guitars— and I know that Peter Dollar Bill is a totally different guitar player than Johnny Greenwood, but um, 
like a little more production, a little, a little more like out in front, the Ben style, like, yeah. like right. You know I think I mean? they were, you know, it was, it was feeling as Neil Youngness mm-hmm. yeah. for this record. That's, that's a good. That's a good but comp. I love the production now. I like the way because I have Green, I have Monster. We have mm-hmm. their tight kind of studioy rock records, and this is just a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really love this song, but. I, I get what you're saying, I, and I like it. It's just uh, not. It's it's in my it's in it's in my uh, bottom four. Yeah. Of, of but the stuff. anthemic like no one's coming after me. I'm not sprouting mm-hmm. wings going into the chorus. Those are mm-hmm. really great kind of right. rock moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I promise never to say rock moments <laughs> ever again. Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, let's go to this. Is the the lead single from the record? This is track five. Featuring Patti Smith on background vocals, this is Ebo the Letter. Ebo the letter. The Ebo, of course, is the um, thing instrument. That, the thing, yeah. If you're like you know playing the uh, like what Jimmy Page does in Led Zeppelin with mm-hmm. his guitar. Playing. This this seemed to be like his uh, record where he was. This in the past couple where it's like put a bunch of interesting words together, like new test leper. Yeah, they're all great. Oh yeah, well Ebo because I think in the studio the song was called Ebo, and then the lyrics ended up being a letter he had written someone. So it's like, hey, put it together. Yeah. What do we think? Um, I adore this song. It's one of my favorite REM songs. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think that it was a disastrous choice for first single. I think as as far as someone who just was merely observing, it seemed to put the nail in the coffin of their um, popularity. Well, I think that I, – I don't know about nail in the coffin, but I do in, – th- In terms of, of – Monster sold how many? Uh, like four million or four something. million, and yeah. this has not sold a million yet. We're just talking about the states. It's it's sold over a million by now. No, it hasn't. I well, just checked by two thousand seven. Here it's no. It says it's it's it, those are current stats. No, it has it has sold over Shut a million by now. Up. It has, but it 
this is a bad – but, you know, I think that it's them being so popular at the time, they overplayed their hand here, obviously. Because mm-hmm. Drive was their first single on Automatic for the People. And, and I heard recently, maybe it was even on Song Exploder, Michael mm-hmm. Stipe saying this was a really bold choice for a first single for us on – for Automatic for the People. And we did the same thing and it bit us in the ass on – Yeah. I mean, so, you know, Fortune adventures. Favors the Bold – um, sometimes I think they should have Electrolyte should have been the first single that's interesting I have a different choice but yeah. uh, I definitely think this is more of single two single three or no, not a single or not a single yeah I, I think it's a good song it's certainly not my favorite yeah uh, it, it wouldn't be one of my favorite R.E.M. songs but it's I yeah. like it on the record Me I just uh, I think it's beautiful it's I love the production on this I love that feels, like I love that part of it I like Patti Smith singing it almost seems like a brag to me of like, we got Patty Smith, let's make yeah. it a single, you know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> but I think also maybe there was a little, like we were talking last episode, you were mm-hmm. you were saying a little REM fatigue around. There probably was REM. So many people had shipped, had had sold Monster, you know, either shipped it back or yeah. like the record stores had to, they ordered a bunch of units and had to ship it back. And or right before this came sold out, it. the news of their $80 million Yes, they renegotiated their record contract, yeah. And then this comes out. They should have, I feel like they should have, Electrolyte would have been such a shift Mm -hmm. from Monster, but a catchy, Mm -hmm. warm. Even How the West Was Won would have been like, oh, that's different. I mean, I don't don't know if it's, it ended up being a single, but I don't know if it's the lead single. Yeah. Um, Would it surprise you then to learn that this is their biggest single in England? Went all the way to number four. Really? Ebo the letter? Yes. Wow. Bigger than any. So. Wasn't Great Beyond huge there too at some point? Like uh, later maybe, on? Maybe I just mean at the time. I don't know. But. Uh, See, that's cool that it was a big single somewhere. I just wish that people were into it. Maybe people here. Maybe people were like in England. They're like, this is like listening to this is like living in England. Kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's really gloomy to listen to this song. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to kill myself. This Governor? makes me want to get some tea and crumpets. <laughs> Oof. Um, but but I was talking to uh, our good friend Neil Campbell. Uh, yeah. For the I, I've been working with him for a couple of weeks, and so we've been talking, you know, about REM a lot. And um, this is probably his. He thinks it's a great single and his favorite uh-huh. song on the right. So it's you know just maybe a taste thing. Yeah. I I think the public maybe agreed that it wasn't a good choice for a yeah. single because I think this is the point where I could feel the public saying, oh, we don't need to pay attention yeah. anymore. I think also radio programmers were probably like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It didn't you know? get played a lot. No. It never got played on K-Rock, I think, which yeah. could at the time in 96 maybe yeah. could kill you. I mean – Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean you don't have the – Radio mm-hmm. on your side in 1996. I mean, even I feel like even on the scary one, I feel like what's a frequency Kenneth got played on top 40 radio, didn't it? Oh, totally. It? You know, and got and played on MTV all the time. I don't really remember. Bang and Blame was like a top 40 yeah. thing. Too. I don't remember seeing this video all that much. I couldn't even. I remember seeing it, but then not it just really disappeared. seeing it. Yeah. But I, on the other hand, Electrolyte is still like, you still hear Electrolyte. Like when you're at the grocery store, like it's I, a. I w- did not know that. That's interesting. Do, do you know that? Did you know that song at all? Before I had listening? heard of it, but I again didn't couldn't pick it out yeah. of the lineup. Um, okay, so this is the last track on this side, what they call a side, even though really um, the record had four sides. Um, and but they're right. Wasn't it a double? It was album? a double album because it's so fucking long. This is um, a seven minute song. This is leave. 
got like a little minute long prelude. Yeah, which is a cool. long intro. Bill Barry wrote this. Oh, cool. Good for him. Hope he's happy. <laughs> hope hope that put a little coin in his pocket. Little some ducats. A little lettuce for his tomato. Little mayonnaise for the sandwich, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. I like the sort of Western theme on that sort of recurs through this yeah. in both the album artwork. It's kind of a, like they were saying a road record without ever mentioning the road. Yeah. But it feels like Americana, the road. But there is some later on you you get some kind of road cliches. Oh really? Later. Well in low desert a little bit. Oh okay. But not that Point I Point them out when they're when you yeah. hear them. I like it. So that's the intro. That's the intro. say we still have about five more minutes left to go on this song <laughs> and the beat never changes <laughs> do we really have five more minutes four and a half at this point yeah. um i love this melody me too the chorus is incredible and i actually love the sound when it first comes in the yeah. wee, 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 wee. Yeah. my only quibble is that it never changes mm-hmm. that 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 siren that sound it never goes going. away yeah, yeah. For seven minutes, or but for six minutes. there's that, the like, it, the song collapses towards the end, and then mm-hmm. the siren stops for a moment and then starts back up, doesn't it, at the end? I but guess it's so. just momentary. Yeah, yeah. Saying, yeah. Um, I actually, I I prefer the um, alternative version. Oh, you do? Yeah, I like it. Cause, the one cause from it's, the movie? Because it's uh, such a great, uh, do you want me to play a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. It's such a great melody that I just... I prefer a shorter version of it. What what movie was this in? Uh, a Life Less Ordinary. Oh, Life Less Ordinary. Yeah, a great Danny Boyle film. They played the 
REM version during a big chase scene. Oh, they with did. the siren and everything. I haven't seen it since like opening night. I gotta Nothing see it again. I loved it Like I said last time, that was credited to that version was credited just to Michael Stipe. I, if Weird. I'm not mistaken, when the soundtrack came out, it just said Michael Stipe. Yeah, then, it had the REM version, I think, and then that one, and that was just. Oh, it. that's interesting. But then they put it out on their uh, best of yeah, as yeah. REM. So yeah. that's interesting. Um, what do you think of this? What I, do you think I, of Leave? I love Leave, and I, I like. Why don't you make like a tree and, <laughs> and get out of here? Um, <laughs> I like the intro. I like that it's this big, long epic. Mm-hmm. They had never done that before, and I mm-hmm. thought that was cool. I know what you mean, that it's not like uh, Paranoid Android or something mm-hmm. where it has different sections. But yeah, I Time like signatures. Yeah, I like that it's huge and uh, mm-hmm. and long. This version, by the way, four and a half minutes as Is opposed really? to seven. Yeah. Yeah, I like the... the you like the original. Version, yeah. You like the original. All right, we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get to the Fi side. Fi side. We'll be right back with Are You Talking? REM Remix. My eyes are still walking to the sea. This is, welcome back, this is Departure, track one on the Fi side or track seven. Sorry, sorry. Oh, God, Adam. It's like, you, it's like you want to give me another heart attack. Can I call it the frightening one? Scary is just so sort of like, yeah. ugh. Yeah, the frightening okay. one. The frightening That's one. better, yeah. Um, I like this cool song. This is a three and a half minute song. Mwah! Sweet spot. Yeah. I like it. It's it's a good length for this song. I um, My one quibble is the mix. 
uh-huh. prefer the alternative version that is uh, just the plain old live version. Yeah, that that where the guitar is a little cleaner and the uh-huh. the vocals are a little more out front. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, cool song, I like yeah. it. And it's short and it's like a breath of fresh air to start this stuff. I like it. The choruses on this album are very hooky. The melodies are really good on yeah. this record. I have to say, like after the last record, which was okay, some good melodies. I, I don't know, but yeah. this these are some of the best melodies I think in a while. But I think also the the album is it's so diverse that it doesn't feel like just a, an assault of one no, thing. No, it like doesn't. No, 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 no. I, I totally, honestly, like, I, I, at this point, I'm enjoying it more than the frightening one. Yeah. Uh, and and my only quibble is is that, um, you know, like I went out to Venice to go see a friend of mine the other day, and from where I live, it's a long car ride. And yeah. I was like, oh, good. I'll get to just really relax and listen, yeah. and listen to this front to back. Yeah. I got to Venice – and parked, and I was like, oh, how much longer do I have? There's still 15 minutes left to go. <laughs> I was like, I've driven to Venice, and yeah. this record isn't over. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is— But as an REM fan in 1996, it was, like, great. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, like, two albums worth right? of music, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, okay, this is the next track. This is my pick for best song on the record and what should have been the lead single. This is Bittersweet Me. Across innocence lost, all flesh and porcine. I move across the earth in my new pattern shirt. I pass satellite. You're so bitter, you're complaining. I can't give you anything. I don't know you're living for. so good I am so relieved because just yesterday I was listening to this album and this song came on and I, I I literally thought to myself if Scott hates this song then I must be insane it's going to kill me <laughs> like it was it was going to so deeply hurt my this feelings. is just cla- it sounds like old REM in a way but still new REM yeah. can you imagine if this were the first single like with a with a video it's I like, mean, it was the second single. It's the second it single, but it was two months after it, uh, after yeah. the record had already been out, three months after Ebo the Letter had been released. I still feel like it, that's weird, by the way, that they didn't just immediately push this out there yeah. when the first one. Didn't when the first one flopped, it. it was like, please listen to this yeah. one instead. Listen, to this. sweet. I know it's great. It's a great song. This is one of. I think this is the best song that they have written since. Life's Rich Pageant to me. Oh, come on. I, th- I, I don't know. Name a better one. Losing My Religion? <laughs> I love this song. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I love this. It, this is great. What's weird is it's not, it, to me, it wasn't an immediate, like, oh, this is great. Like, it wasn't 
the one thing I'll say about it maybe not being the first single is is, is when I first heard it, I was a little like, eh, this is fine. Yeah. I think that's because it's track eight on a long-ass album uh-huh. that I was a little, like, fatigued uh-huh. a In little. between Departure and Be Mine. Yeah, and other two other guitar songs. You know, to me, to me, it, the sequencing. We'll talk after the record okay. about sequencing. Um, but I, I love it. And I've been I singing this, this all I week. I love that you're like kind of into this album. I am into this album, like and you have real mm-hmm. opinions, mm-hmm. opinions born out of you out loving of me liking, the album, out of me liking the songs certainly, and yeah. just having like, oh, I wish they did this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've always loved Bittersweet Me. Um, and the video is cool, but no, I still I still think Electrolyte could have been. We'll, so we'll, Electrolyte is track fourteen. That's the last song. We'll we'll have a single off, and we'll let the, okay, the okay. listeners decide. Um, let's get to track nine. This is a five and a half minute song. This is my maybe my second favorite track. Uh-huh. I don't know. This is be a mine. Mike Mills comp, uh, composition. Okay, this is be mine. Uh, whoops. No, that's part of Bittersweet Me. Sorry! I'm not a professional DJ. God. Like Qualls. DJ Qualls? Yeah. Oh, my God. DJ Qualls. DJ Qualls is here. No, that's just Lauren Lapkus. She's passing through. Hey, Lauren. Um, All right. This is Be Mine. studio tracks yes they maybe wrote this on the road but they recorded yeah. it in the studio they, they, there is a version that was recorded on a tour bus which I believe I have yes it's just Mike uh, on guitar yeah no other instrumentation I think yeah but uh, there are vocals on it right there are vocals but no other like that's a really cool version let's, let's wait till the drums kick in oh sure, sure sure it is a little like it's a five and a half minute song but but the, it hasn't like kicked in yet, which is why it's five and a half minutes. Structurally, it's a really weird song, and the lyrics go into a pretty weird place mm-hmm. too. There's the drums finally kick in at two minutes. But that's why it's five and a half yeah. minutes. Like this, this is dynamic, I think. Yeah. And then there's a guitar break right here, right? 
love that guitar sound. That guitar sound comes back later here. Mm -hmm. And my favorite song on the album. To me, this is like a, a really good Radiohead song. Um, well, you know, when they played the... Radiohead was opening for them. Yeah, but when they played the uh, Tibetan Freedom concert a couple years later, uh, Michael Stipe and Tom York were trading places for one song in each other's band. Did they do like Michael, a... Michael Stipe could sing one Radiohead song and Tom oh, really? York came and sang one R.E.M. song and he chose this. He chose this one. Yeah. This sounds like a song that he would yeah. write. Yeah. Did they do it sort of like a Freaky, Freaky Friday situation it where would, they had to like switch bodies? They were both struck by lightning at the same time. <laughs> every night? Yeah, every night. That's crazy. No, this, this was just at that what's, what did one Michael, Tibetan freedom show. What did, oh, what did Michael Stipe sing? I don't know. I don't remember. Was it like, I'm a little creep. Yeah. I'm a little weirdo. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, it's I wish, awesome. I wish it were... Uh, shorter? No, I, I think this one deserves... Yeah. I, I wish you were on a shorter record, maybe. But um, Yeah, it's an awesome song. I mean, the fact that this and Bittersweet Me are buried in the middle of this album... <laughs> it's crazy. ...shows you the high quality of this, this mm -hmm. album. A uh, lot of people say this is a masterpiece, this album. Uh, some people wrote to me uh, uh, on, on Twitter uh, saying that they couldn't wait for us to get to this because yeah. this is their favorite record. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, Bittersweet Me was recorded at Soundcheck, um, the basic tracks for it anyway, right. um, in Memphis. Oh, thank you very much. Ooh. Thank, thank you very much for recording Bittersweet Me in Elvis Presley. Memphis, oh, Tennessee. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, someone, someone get that uh, freaky guy away from Lisa Marie. Oh my God, it's like having him in the room. And by him, I mean Scott Ackerman. Do you think that Elvis Presley like was watching little Michael Jackson on TV yeah. in 1977 when he shot the TV. It yeah. was like, you're never going to marry my daughter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. This is – the next track is Binky the Doormat, another um, – hey, here's some words. <laughs> <laughs> well, doormat is used repeatedly. Sure, but song. yeah, like as a title of a song, it's like, hey, let's – Well, you know, know where the title comes from, right? I don't, no. You tell me. From uh, Shakes the Clown. The oh, movie. is it? Yeah. Oh, uh, another one I saw on uh, opening night and have not seen since, but uh, have the <laughs> Very funny movie. Have the Blu-ray. Yeah, Bobcat is a good friend, yeah. and as is Tom Kenny. Um, this is Binky the Doormat.
What do you got? Uh, I love Binky the Doormat. Can I guess that this is your least favorite song on the album? One of the, probably my two least uh-huh. favorite. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a B-side for me. Uh-huh. I'm also, at this point, just track 10. It's five minutes long. Yeah. This is about where I start to tune out of yeah. it as a, as, a, as a record. It took a few years for me to zone in on this song. I don't song. have that kind of time. <laughs> so, here I I'm am. I'm going to stop listening to it now, if that's okay. Twen- 22 years later, and I love Binky the Doormat. This is the next one. This is Zither. Little instrumental. Sorry, I started playing that before you're done talking, oh, but uh, right. it, you know, honestly, I pressed the wrong button. Uh-huh. But it was kind of fitting because I wasn't really interested in uh-huh. how many years it took you to like <laughs> one song. <laughs> Did you listen to it continuously for 22 years? <laughs> By the way, the fact that this album came out 22 years ago is fucking depressing. Yeah. Why? Because you're so close to death? Yes. Well, 22 years closer. (laughs) That's true. Recorded in a dressing room, this song. That's cool. When I read that uh, earlier today, I was like, just kind of imagining these guys like in their underwear. Yeah. Undressed. Yeah, undressed. Like, should we go out on stage or record a song? Does that mean Michael Stipe was just silently standing in the room? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just dick flapping away. Um... Binky the Doormat was one of the live tracks. So is that one for you? Is it too? Because the chorus is really catchy. I don't. It's not. I don't like the chorus that much. It's it's not terrible. It's just I don't like the production. I don't love the chorus. I feel like more than any of the other songs, it feels like the big Mm. rock song. It's like that. All those songs have a similar kind of flavor. Those live tracks. Yeah, I I'll say the the big rock songs are not my favorite on this. Uh record um i was talking to neil about this too he was like he his first rem record he ever bought was was the frightening one and so he thought when he first got this he was like oh the rock ones are my favorite uh-huh and now in retrospect he's like no those are the worst ones on the album like uh-huh. this the slower the the other stuff is better but at the time he was like oh i like rock because uh-huh. he was 14 uh-huh. <laughs> um, so what about zither i like zither yeah it's cool it's a nice uh, yeah. Cal- well, palette, palette cleanser. cleanser. All right, this is so fast, so numb. We still have three songs. This is about when I arrived at Venice, by the way. Uh, this is so fast, so numb. This is my favorite song on the album. Really? Not to keep bringing up Radiohead, but this really reminds me of uh, Just by Radiohead. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Right, right, right. I just like, I, it's the most like classic rock of any REM song. It feels like a big epic Derek and the Dominoes song or something. Ugh. <laughs> no, I, do you not like this song? This is one of my least favorites. And really? only, only because, and you know what's interesting when I was. Because maybe, of maybe where not, it is on the album? No, no, no. When I was watching Lance's film, it came on. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Don't I like this one? Because it's a slightly different mix. And it's a mix. This mix I don't like. It's really? Not, yeah. Like the guitars are f- it's a little too in the background. Because huh. um, this is like studio and sound check. It's not a live song. I, um, I love this. It's so tight. And it doesn't sound like those live tracks. It sounds like a big... Epic. I feel like, like this could guitar be sound here. That guitar sound right bad. here where it breaks down is awesome. You know what it is? Right Something here. That's this reminds me of Radiohead. Yeah, this is good. The only thing I, maybe maybe what I don't like is the organ being as loud as the guitar. Uh, like I would prefer the Radiohead just like loud guitars with nothing. Murking yeah. up the mix a little. I guess REM has always had everything sort of mixed in together and never mm-hmm. like wanting to step out in it front could, of each other. I don't know why. To me, it could be a little more obvious if that makes uh-huh. sense. It's yeah, a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mix is a little subtle for uh-huh. me. I'm not rocking as much. I love the piano in it. That's what makes it really mm-hmm. classic, rocky Derek and the Dominoes for me. And then here, they just take out the drums and break it down. It's just epic, and the, it's one of their best choruses ever, I think. That particular guitar sound, I'm not into it, no, no. But, um, but that's cool. I, it, it's a real one that's on the cusp for me of like, uh-huh. at first at first, I was like, I don't like it, and then I, in my spoiler alert, I have a different sequencing of the record. I took it off, or I have taken it off. No. But I heard it. How ag- dare you. <laughs> I heard it again today in that film, and I was like, wait a minute, I do like this. Yeah. And then I went back and listened to this version, I was like, no, I don't like it. And then Wait, I, what's this other version of it on the in the in the in, movie? in the in the EPK that Lance made? It's a, it's a, it's a different it's either a different version or a mix that they're listening to uh. in the studio. I think it's the other version which I have that that was done. Um, where is it? It's a uh, live version or something. It's a uh, live Athens rehearsal. Do you want to hear a little bit of that? Yeah, I have. That's in like '03 though, isn't it? Maybe, but it just seemed like it was. Yeah. Yeah, this is like it's a, a little more up front, though. Yeah, but anyway, I don't, I don't love the mix on either version, so I'm kind of taking a pass on That's this one. Insane. That I is mean, insane. You know, I might be legitimately insane. All right, low desert, low desert. Here we go. It wasn't even Bill Berry drumming on the version you like. Really. Who cares? Me. <laughs> Ooh, it's a little slap of the bass. Slapping the bass. It happened fast, it's over queer. A little dust in the engine caps. Get your hands stripped down off the wheel. Roll out, hit your windshield. I last saw a little bit of sleep the time stands still Just call it now Meow. You're on your way 
Is this the road song that you were talking about? Yeah, there's road some cliche like song. freeway drive-ins. There's, there's broken casinos and water slides and just like mm-hmm. kind of. What do you got? Um, it's my least favorite on the album. So it's my least favorite. Uh-huh. I think it, what is it? Is it a little too like Americana cliches musically and lyrically? Maybe for me? it's grown on me a lot more in the year. It's the not years terrible. It's no, not like I'm no, like, oh, God, turn this off. It's just more of like, yeah. I don't know if that's that blues scale or Maybe. something. But I do like where it's like, I like where it's pretty cool. Yeah. I just like that one bass thing. The slapping the bass. I wish that Mike Mills would just have recorded that. Just him going, and that's and the I'd be whole like, song. that's my favorite track on the record. <laughs> okay, this is the last song. Um, this is Adam's pick for lead single, uh, last song on the record, uh, but a good last song. Yeah. Um, this is Electrolyte. Your eyes are burning holes me. I'm guessing. I drive Mulholland Drive. I do. I drove it today. He also sings in New Test Leopard. He sings about a talk show host, and I was the talk show host. That's true. Still Is this fo- album about you? <laughs> Is he following me around? <laughs> that was recorded at Soundcheck, if you can believe it. I mean, I think they re- it's pretty loosely defined here. They probably did a lot in the yeah, studio. Overdubs, yeah, overdubs, yeah. Um, I think it's great. Yeah, it's a classic. So, so having a lead single off, my only thing about it being a lead single is it's not in the sort of classically rock tradition of songs. So I wonder if it wouldn't if it would be confusing as a lead single in the same way that the Patti Smith one, Ebo the Letter, was. I don't think that's why the Ebo didn't do well. I think Ebo Ebo was do well because it's too weird. Yes, but I, what I mean is Electrolyte is like, oh, listen, we got the uh, violin. This is great. It's not a traditional like sure rock songs. It's, it's more of a ding ding ding. It's more of like a not a ragtime. But, but for a, REM, it's like you know, it's like it, I, I it's think like it's a, a happy ditty is how I would but describe it's, it. It's more like automatic for the people and out of time than anything else on sure. the album. And I think it just would have been a, a good kind of poke to remind people this is the REM you know and love. Remember when you used to poke on, uh, what was it? Was it MySpace or was it Facebook? No, it was oh, yeah, Facebook. You used yeah, to poke, poke people. people. I'm not on Facebook, gives so a shit? I, I don't even know if that's there anymore. I don't think it is. Um, yeah, I think this is a great classic song. So great that you put it on your wedding CD. How do you know that? How do you think? I told you. <laughs> yes. Okay. In the Out of Time episode. I don't even know what else was on that CD. This is the only one that you remember? 
Yeah, this 14 times. I had a I had a question. Someone was asking me about you. Yeah. They said if we had to do another band, yeah. What would it be? And I said, quite honestly, I've talked to Adam about music for hours, if not days at this point. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard him mention another band that he likes other, <laughs> other than, than you two and REM. These two bands. <laughs> I was like, usually a person, if they have every song, because you know the soundtracks that these songs were yeah. on, you know the films yeah. they were on. Usually yeah. if a person is like that about two bands, they're about that with 25 yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there another band that you are into as much? Is it for Eric a while? Clapton? For a while, Radiohead. Hmm. Um, and I think I just kind of hit that age where I just stopped listening to stuff. Wasn't as into bands. Was as there I, anything that around the time of U two and REM that that you I were into was, at the time? I was intensely into things for a while, but those are the two that really stuck. stuck I with think. You. Yeah. So we, so there will never be a we'll never talk about a different. Uh, I was super into the Blues Brothers when I was like eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber biscuits. Yes. Oh my God! So into that. Uh oh. Um, let's roll through some B sides. Um, this is Tricycle. Very B sidey. That may uh, then hold on to your seats a little later. Why? This is an instrumental. Yeah. Let's go to Sponge. Oh, this is very B-side-y too, isn't it? Sponge. Um, I remember, you know, spending like $11 on a... This is a Vic Chestnut song, yes. On a CD single just to get one B-side. Yeah. And then you would get like this or Tricycle and be so bummed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was with, uh, this is on How the West is One Where It Got Us, and this was, at least the Be Mine, Mike on the Bus version is also on this single. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish this was about the band Sponge. Me too. I miss them. God, I don't really 16 candles down the drain. There's not much. Oh, this is pretty good, though. Is it? I don't know. I don't really remember it. What about Wall of Death? That was technically we played we, we played it before though. But that was on. Uh, it was Ebo. on. It was on Ebo, but it had been released literally like the year a, before. No, it had been lit- one week after the frightening Monster. the frightening yeah. one. Um, this is Revolution, which is on the Batman Forever sound. Batman and Robin. This sorry, was soundtrack. recorded with Monster though. This was no. This was recorded with this record. They say. I think it was written around Monster. Maybe I'm getting all the facts wrong, but this, they, the this belongs with this, they say. If I'm remembering correctly, this was pulled off of Monster. Could be. Pretty late. But but it's which Batman movie is it on? Robin, which is the fourth one. The best one, right? Yes. With Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the best one. Yeah. So good. Um, this is the studio version of Love is All Around. We had played this during the Out of Time record, the sort of... I feel it in my fingers. This is from a soundtrack. I feel it in my toes. From... What soundtrack is it from? Love is all Previously released on the 1996 soundtrack for I Shot Andy Warhol. Also on the How the West is One Where It Got Us single as well along with Sponge. And this is Wichita Lineman, a classic oh, yeah. song live. I was this on Bittersweet Me? This was on Bittersweet Me, yes. 
a great song. Yeah. I am a lineman for the county. I like this version too. I wish it was in the studio. Yeah. Have you ever heard Tom Jones' version? Probably. He's it's great in the when the second verse kicks in, he goes, I think I need a small vacation. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, any other B-sides here? I just have I have a lot of uh alternate versions. Oh, here's the one thing they put out around here is the Starmy Kitten version with William S. Burroughs. Just something that I, Which I think they put out on the X Files. Yeah, I'm going along with someone else's we don't song. Need to listen to this. Okay, so great album of sadly Bill Berry's final album with REM. This is the one that he was like, "Peace out." Cut to a year later, he's not even in the band. He's anymore. Not even in the band. He's like, you know what? Fuck this and fuck you. Yeah. I remember as a fan noticing in press and even press photos, by the time this album was coming out, he never looked super psyched to hmm. be there. Interesting. What do you, what do you, why did he leave? I think he was just like, he was just, just sick of it. Didn't want to travel and. But he's the guy, isn't he one of the guys who wanted to tour? Like, I want to rock. I want to be out there touring. Yeah, that's what they said. That's what they say. And then you cut to him on Monster going like, God, it's so boring to tour. (laughs) I know. It's like, what are you like, dude, make up your fucking mind. And he made it up because he's like. He left. He's he's like, oh, $80 million. Split that four ways. 20 minutes. Okay, bye. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So this was it. This is the last. And I I have not heard the the upcoming albums. Is this the last classic R.E.M. album? In my opinion, no, it is not. It is not. Okay. So uh, we still have some classics to go, but this oh, is yeah. definitely the last one of its ilk. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, again, it's just exhausting. In a, in in uh, Similarly to the frightening one, It's that was exhausting for a different reason. Yeah. It's just too long for me. Yeah. Um, but I really like it, and I like it so much. I've been listening to it all week. And I like the more I listened to it, I would pick it up in the middle of you know, like I would pause it when I was leaving the house and yeah. come back to it. So I I grew an appreciation for the songs out of sequence or a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what? To me, I like so many of these songs. What if I were to resequence the record and make yeah. it something that I liked better? Yeah, what, tell and, me. Okay, so let's play through it. I w- I wanted to keep it to no more than twelve tracks. The original is fourteen, and I wanted to keep it no more than like fifty minutes. Okay. Um, so cutting 15 minutes out of it. So the first track, um, okay. keeping the opening. Keeping how that. the How the West was won and how it got us. I think okay. this is a great opening track, as I've said. Track two. I look good. Okay, keeping Wick up on because right. I like the I like the statement of intent of the one-two punch of this. Got it. All right. Track three. It needs to be front loaded, and it sounds so good coming out of uh, the wake up bomb. I move across. Yeah, it's a little samey, but not to the wake up bomb. The instrumentation is totally different, and the, the tempo is different. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. Listen, listen, by the way, you're not getting the sense of it just in hearing like two seconds of this. Listen to this at home. Will you yeah. promise you'll listen to this well, at home? Send me the order, and I will I'll make a playlist. Okay, then next we have. Okay. New right. Leopard. All right. Okay. Then track five, we have... Okay. Ebo the Letter. Put those two together, huh? Put those two together. All right. Yeah. I think they sound really good together. Now, coming out of Ebo the Letter, which is kind of weird and depressing... Yeah. This may surprise you. This is track six, the last song on side one. 
Is that tricycle. Tricycle. Yeah. That, this is a weird move. This is. I don't agree with. Let me. This. This is like life's rich pageant. The instrumental on the side. Okay. The end of side one. To me, it, it like. I tried various different things, and this just cheers me up after Ebo the letter, where it's like, "Hey, we're having fun." Yeah. This like I would leaving, just get so sick of this so quickly. Leaving this up. Listen to it in sequence. Leaving it off the album to me was like we're too serious. Putting this in here is like we're still a party band. We're still having fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next track. Okay. Departure, but the live in Rome version. It's slower. Okay. Guitar's a little louder and the vocals are a little more up in the mix. Yeah, the the album version's better, but okay. Okay. Then going into B mine, okay. B mine. Which sounds really good without bittersweet me in between these two. Like it's like it puts more focus on it to me Uh of like this Uh is an important song. Then going into Revolution. Revolution. I like it technically because it's shorter. I like it better than some of the other long rock songs. It's like a burst of energy. Then going into this version of this version of leave. Okay. Then going into. Okay, zither. And then ending with. So you took so fast so numb off of the album. I did. This is a disaster. <laughs> I have listened to this version. No, but it's not the album. You're you're taking like so five songs off of it. But it's the, what and could have been the album. A song from their I took previous four songs era. off of it. You put Revolution. Revolution, Revolution belongs on this. No, Revolution was recorded no. for Monster. This is a to me. This reminds me. I like this version of the record. Well, it's not the as, record. It's a uh, that's just what a I'm playlist. Saying. Oh my god, this could have been the record is no, what I'm saying. I, I'm so glad it wasn't. Can you get into the spirit of this? Uh, I, I get if you didn't take almost half the album half? off, including the best Four song. of the 14 songs? So Fast So Numb is an incredible song. I'll let, tell you what, I'll let you put So Fast So Numb in instead of Revolution. Yes. When you, when you See, listen to this. See, that's a good... I, Revolution is... An okay song. Will it's, you listen to this version with So Fast So Numb in, yes, instead of that. Revolution and give it that. a shot? But you took Undertow off? I did. And Binky the Doormat. And Binky and Low Desert. Yeah. Those are the th- those are the three that I Okay. Take. Well send it to me with I'll So Fast I'll send it so I'll numb. send it to you with if that. You, if you if So Fast So Numb isn't a part of this, I will delete the email. Oh, the email? <laughs> Just don't listen to it. No, but to me, listening to this version that I put together. It is my favorite REM album since Life's Rich Pageant. Huh. With the, with the version that they I just, put, I, I don't the version that they put the, out is too long and I, I like parts of it. I, I I don't understand the tricycle thing. That's just kind of stupid. Listen to it in order. That's all I'm saying. Is is, is it reminds me of Life's Rich Pageant where they're like, Okay, we need a burst of energy, like a short burst of energy, and we're not taking ourselves it, it actually reminds me of uh uh Dead Letter Office, too, where it's yeah. like, let's put something fun but on. But it's not that. It sounds rudimentary compared with the rest of the But it was written so for this album. I know, but they didn't put it on the album because it sounds like... Well, that was a mistake, and they should be punished. <laughs> they should be <laughs> Just punished. Just like <laughs> All right. Okay, okay, send it to me, and I will uh, Send I will it to... Just, that's all I'm asking. Because I have chance. an alternate version of an upcoming album that I'm going to want you to I really look to. forward to it. I know that some listeners quibble with like, oh, yeah, you're just making a playlist, just like you said. Well, but yeah. it's it's an interesting to me uh, alternate universe where it's like 
oh, we, we made some different choices and we, you know, yeah. mixed up the sequencing. I don't know. It's interesting. Why get into this? No, I, being I, interesting? I love that you put in the time and cared about the record enough to do this. Yes, I didn't show up like you just having like, oh, I know this record. I've known it for the last 22 years. I'm not going to do any fucking research or put I have any been, work in I have it. been listening to this album nonstop for like two weeks. Like every day of your life. No, no, no. Past, no. no, I... That's good. No, I, I appreciate I really, that. I really was. I, Adam, I like this record. Good, I'm glad. I, I, again, I like parts of it the best yeah. uh, in a long time, yeah. better than Automatic for the yeah. People. Um, not a complete total success for me, but um, de- definitely like some of the songs on here are some of the best songs that they've written in a long time. I think you need to live with So Fast, So Numb and Undertow a little longer to really like I don't think I'm ever going to love Undertow, but So yeah. Fast, So Numb, I, again, am on the cusp. Yeah. So I I listened to it today in the place of Revolution. I was like, something about it was not right, but, I'll, but I will live with it a long okay. I promise you that if you will okay. listen to mine. I will. All right, Adam, what else do I we I love get? you. I love you. Um, that's going to do it for this uh, extra long episode of Are You Talking to R.E.M. Remy, where we talk about new adventures in hi-fi. I don't know what we're doing next week, but this is... Uh, this it's is not up. It's something uh, else. Know, maybe we'll do something else. Okay. Who knows? Uh, you never know what's going to happen on Are You Talking to R.E.M. Remy. Until we see you next week, we certainly hope that you have found what you're looking for. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.